Yeah. There's somebody out there whose name is actually Donald Duck, who is getting a lot Very of votes angry. and could be a viable candidate if you weren't throwing out all his votes. And welcome to episode number 57 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where ordering groceries is a pain in the ass and technology is failing us. And from America's left coast, where I'm running out of witty things to say in this intro, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, it's only the third time or fourth time we do the intro, but it'll all be gone due to the magic of podcasting technical issues all just get swept away unless i leave them in if they will uh, make you look bad but that's just the only reason to leave them in for comedic ability but it's a very special grumpy old bens as we have two guests on the line which is something we haven't attempted before and of course when you do technology will bite you in the behind every now and then but today we have on dc girl and sir william of west pennsylvania who luckily we can just call bill to talk about elections because well they know a lot more than us and this is you you even admitted this this which which is a good reason why to have guests on sir bem rose is you were totally fine with admitting you know very little about elections and you claimed now, i was this looking is, forward to this, i was looking for forward to a show where i could absorb knowledge instead of just having to bring it every single time well you said you wanted to sit back and and listen more than talk so we'll see how that goes dc girl see if you can keep up and sir william uh we can start with dc girl how you doing and uh what's your election world where why are you on the show well you we, i had heard you guys talk about elections voting uh voting machines uh, voter fraud and uh, actually um the thing that got me jumping into the troll room and 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 <laughs> commenting nonstop was Sir Bemrose saying that he doesn't doesn't trust the people that count the votes. Yeah, so I do remember a, him saying that. Yeah, I, I remember that. It hurt. <laughs> so, as somebody who doesn't necessarily uh, actually count the votes, but um, believes that everybody's vote should be counted and and works tirelessly to to ensure a high integrity election i thought maybe we could uh, and bill is in the same position i am maybe we could talk to you a little bit about our experiences working at polling places and then maybe our thoughts on mail-in voting because clearly that's the, the direction we're rapidly going right well because there's a pandemic now and of course that is being called for and there's a lot of things being called for all of a sudden that you have to start questioning if it's just convenient or whatnot so you both you and bill boots on the ground you are election judges you know what's going on in your state is that basically it bill yeah that's true uh the um in uh virginia they call them election officials i know in i think it's maryland they call them election judges uh, but yeah, we're election officials, and you know when DC Girl said we don't actually count the votes, we actually do. Um, we're you know responsible for the operation of one polling place, and we're responsible for counting the votes and and maintaining the accuracy of that polling place. And then it just you know um, 
bubbles up from there, you know, with all the polling places going together. Which is something I don't think a lot of people even understand is that in a, a national election, election for president, this isn't federal polling places. This is completely run by the states. And then even on a more local level, obviously, it's run by cities and they have a, there's a lot of leeway between different cities, different counties, different states, and they all somehow are just supposed to work together. Or am I wrong on that? And well, well I believe in Virginia, it's run by the party, not even the state or the city. Correct, Bill? Well, when it comes to the primaries, uh, primaries are the parties will ask the state to perform a primary for them and they can they have other methods they don't have to have a primary they can have a convention they can they can have their own primary so there's different ways they can do it but when it comes to a general election that's run by the state and the state farms all the individual work out to the counties and uh, sometimes cities in the case of virginia they, there's independent cities and counties in virginia and this is why different people vote in different ways because memorose you're I, already doing mail right i want to i want to start by defending myself by compounding my offense against <laughs> you people who obviously work very hard at the polling places uh and that is uh when i said i don't trust the people who count uh it, it is a general statement because I don't trust any process that is that important and has no transparency. And I, it might be different where you are. In fact, I, I hope it is. But here on the left coast, uh, you know, I can't go sit in where the mail-in votes are counted. It's been several years since we've had a, a voting place or a polling place that was up, open to public. It's, I mean, it's not polling places here. It's, it's fill, it out, fill out your ballot at home and go drop it off and then they just go into a black box and uh in general when when i said i don't trust the people who counted it's because you know but what i have in my head is is that black box they all go back into a smoky room uh somewhere in the state capitol and uh come back out a couple hours later when the white smoke pops up and pronounce the democrat as the winner uh if you have more transparency than that then i can offer a lot more trust well, and that, that's kind of the question, right? Where the transparency is, and as folks that work on the ground at these polling places, how is is it a guarantee? Do you see like a final tally then from the states who have at your polling place said, you know, candidate A got X amount of votes and candidate B got another amount of votes? Do you see this in like a final tally so you know your numbers were actually counted right when it comes to these statewide totals? Uh, Bill, do you want to take that one? So I don't, you know, they used to publish that in the paper and I haven't seen it in quite a while, but I know that the, they used to post them in the, in the door of the polling place, but they just recently quit doing that. Uh, I know you, that. Oh, I, I think you can see that, right? DC girl. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the final um, statement of results and the what looks like register tape that comes out of our scanners, um, uh, anybody can watch us do. Actually, I invite, well, don't just show up, but <laughs> anybody can ask to come and watch this happen. So you can observe all day long. 
Um, and you can actually observe us opening and closing the polling place and you could observe those tapes. We can take pictures of those closing tapes and we can email them to whoever people will come by and ask for copies of the tapes. So there's nothing secret about those tapes. Those tapes do show how many ballots were uh, cast for whom, how many undervotes, meaning a ballot with not enough votes, how many overvotes. If I don't know if it records the overvotes, usually kicks those out. Um, and then we actually take those numbers and make sure they match how many ballots we handed out that day, right? So we get ballots in sealed packs of 100. And every time we open a pack of ballots, two people count them to make sure there's only, in fact, 100 paper ballots in that package. Then we distribute them and we make sure that the number we hand out, right, there's this big chart we use, matches how many were scanned. We make sure that those numbers all balance out so we don't have extra ballots floating around. Um, we don't have, um, you know, ballots walking out of the polling place. Uh, there's a, a notion of an abandoned ballot where somebody just leaves it behind and doesn't scan it. So we count, we count for all of those. We make sure that the numbers completely match. Who, who does the packaging into groups of 100? Um, a, a machine, I would guess, by the way it looks. Yeah, it comes from a printing plant. And, and they're wrapped they're all, in plastic. Yeah, and they're they're all identical, um, and we don't do that. I can't remember what they, they call it in Australia, where they vary the order of the candidates. I don't think any state in the United States does that. So all ballots so, will be identical. So what you're describing is all electronic voting. Is that is that true? Well, we did drop. DC girl just dropped. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah, I can I'm continue sorry, on here. Um, my point yeah, so question. We uh, perform. Um, it's um, paper ballots that are optically scanned. Okay. So there's a scanner on top of the ballot box, and when the voter votes, they color in a circle, and then the uh, ballot is scanned, and uh, and then it drops into this box. We don't open the okay. box until the end of the day. Now, and then those, do you do a physical count matching those up? And the other question, I guess, would be, because this is a system that we use here, the same similar thing takes you back to the uh, high school age of the Scantron test where you color in the the circle with a pen. Used to be pencil, but now you can use pen oh or whatever. Yeah. Everybody have a number two pencil. Right. And uh, when you put it into this machine, at least where we are, you don't get a printout of, you know, here's who you voted for. This is just, again, you're assuming that the machine is counting correctly. Is there a double? So when you go in and actually physically look at those ballots, do you count those to match them up to what the computer says, or do they just take the computer number and go, ah, well, that must be right. Right. We just take whatever the computer says, but the, there is an image captured of each ballot and they can, they have the ability of rescanning them and they should come up with the same number. Okay, and so you can do would, a manual a manual recount because we save yeah, ballots you can always for do years. Yeah. yeah, those are called hand counts, and you you don't want to do that. That's very well, time consuming. Sounds like a pain in the butt. So right. yeah, I, would, um, would would I be correct then in saying that the chance of the numbers that you report from the local polling place, it's very hard to mess with that once you put it in. Is that correct? 
uh, from it's it's hard to mess with those numbers once we submit them. Is that what you're asking? Right. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. if there is you know if there is voter so, fraud, is it most likely happening yeah. at the at the voter um, the polling place location rather mm-hmm. than once the numbers are submitted? Then is there a way that they can be that they can be changed? Because oh, that's what everybody's worried about, right? Is that oh the votes aren't being counted or they're they're, they're being, not being counted correctly? Correct. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I I think we need to take a step back um, and get the other part, because there's really two parts to the polling place. There's the the part where you check in. And that is we have um, iPads with a specialized software on them that contain all the um, voters that are registered in the precinct that we work in. Wait, you're saying you have an app? (laughs) <laughs> yes so we have an app. in my precinct we have laptops but it's a similar probably a similar program right and people will come in and they'll check in and then we'll give them a ballot then they vote the ballot and then they stick it in the ballot box now all day long we're comparing those numbers so i i count how many people are checked in and i count how many ballots are in the ballot box and ideally those numbers are the same right so now you can get off by um if somebody and occasionally we'll have this is somebody will come check in we'll give them a ballot and they'll say i changed my mind i don't want to vote for anybody here here's your ballot back you'd be amazing how many times that happens guys really (laughs) so funny yes yes so when that happens that's a voided ballot and that put your numbers off but you still account for it at the end of the day i i I believe that happens because of the high quality candidates that both parties seem to be pushing up in front of us well i'll tell you another reason why um, i've seen that happen and it's because uh, at least in virginia there are certain elections where you are not permitted to put the party of the candidate next to their name now not presidential and of course but other types of elections say for example city council (laughs) you cannot put a party next to the person's name so if you want to come into the polling place and vote down party lines and you don't know who is who you have to abandon your ballot leave go do your research and come back um although if you've been checked in at at the risk of sounding really opinionated i don't want those people voting well like i said at the beginning or um, during one of our earlier cuts uh, i want everybody's vote to be counted um and uh, I, I know there's also an issue of once you've checked in, um, and Bill can probably talk a little bit more to this, um, to uncheck you in is, is not super easy. So we don't like people to leave and come back. Yeah, and I don't believe that's allowed. Uh, because in the old days, and by the old days, I mean like 10 or 15 years ago, if somebody came in and, and they, we issued them a ballot and they came back and said, I don't want to vote, we would just go in the system and uncheck them. And yeah. then it was like it never happened. We can't and do now that they anymore. Don't want you Once do they're that, checked yeah. in, they're checked in. Yeah. And your vote would be counted as yeah, voided or, or abandoned. Um, yeah. yeah and, and you would be call- in your oh sorry, I mean when you looked at your voting history, you would have been checked in for that election. Interesting. Good, forever. <laughs> yeah. So what would happen so even if, you, you didn't vote. if you were just mm-hmm. to get the ballot and then put it in blank, does that screw things up? No. So, so once you're checked in, so you, you would, it would reflect that you've checked in. Um, you can vote a blank or undervoted ballot. I think the machines will kick it out once, but we can override this. And my understanding in um, 
chatting with some people on no agenda social was that places with compulsory voting um often people will just undervote stick it in counts as voted and move on also if you don't like anybody but you want your record to reflect you participated in the election for some reason you could undervote <laughs> everybody sucks. what is what is compulsory voting is are, are are we actually forcing people to go to the polling place now in australia there's um I, that's my understanding really voting yeah you know, and when people do that uh want to vote a blank ballot it will kick it back and then we have to engage them and say uh you didn't vote for anyone do you want to vote this way and if they confirm yes then that's the override then we override it and it just goes in. it's like a little button <laughs> a little button yet well i'm kind yeah, of amazed that you have laptops and ipads because out in our little uh Hamlet uh, here just mm -hmm. outside of Chirac. We're just outside of uh, Cook County or Crook County, as they call it, where Chicago is. And I mean, I voted in the last election, which was just two years ago, right? Uh, that they're still using binders where they just pull out a piece of paper with, uh, you know, they already have everybody that's registered down and they pull off a little tab, but nothing is automated as far as the check in process goes out here. It's all still done in hard copies, which, uh, I'm not sure which one of those is safer. I'm guessing the paper is safer than having something in a computer, but maybe I'm well, wrong. So we do have both. We always so we can we can operate an election with with no no electricity, nothing. Um, the the chief or the person who's the head of the polling location will have enough to get an election started with them the night before. Meaning maybe maybe 200 ballots, just enough to get started. Right. So we have a paper poll book. We, we always have a paper backup and i don't understand when i hear places that where they have like elect, like power went down and they couldn't continue i, I, I don't understand that you can ha it's very easy to print a paper backup so we have one um at our polling places well Bill, do you have that in your county? yeah but right and, and are you guys set up to to write down like ballots on the back of a napkin if you run out <laughs> of papers or the printer goes down i mean um, you got to think about these backups right so the the um every time i've uh, worked at an election we've always gotten about a thousand more ballots the first hour dropped off they, they don't want you to have too many uh, the night before in case something happens but they want you to have enough to get started um and then they will immediately you know we have rovers there's tech rove technology rovers there's ballot rovers that are constantly driving around the city with extra supplies so we I've never even been close to running out of ballots. Bill, you've been doing this longer than me. What do you think? Yeah, I've, um, well, actually, the past two elections, I think I've received ballots during the day. And, you know, there's a chain of custody. They make me sign for them. And those just go on the accounting form. But um, DC Girls also write in that um, the night before I'm given emergency ballots. And um, they don't issue us paper poll books anymore as backups uh, okay, we, have we, the, have, we had one we have the ipad but i can if if something happens to the building or something i can start the polling place in the you know out of the trunk of a car you know with these emergency ballots the um the ipads and then the ballot box if it's not functioning uh we can put them in there in a slot in the emergency ballot box and then they right, count so later the scanner you'll it, places that have scanners and paper ballots you'll notice that it's sitting on top of this thing with like a curtain around it and there's a slot in the back where we could actually vote ballots manually into the ballot box so 
we're not collecting them ourselves or anything like that as far as like who is when they come in to vote it's illegal to ask for id right because i know i've never had anybody ask for id they ask you just for a name and have you signed something is that the same pretty much through all states or does anybody at all check ids yet for voting we do in virginia (laughs) so um, well, I know it's changing. I, well, I don't know. There was a shortened legislative session because of coronavirus, but my understanding this is going to change. Last election, um, a voter has to produce a photo ID. Um, this can be a lot of things. It also can't be certain things that you might expect. So it can't be an out-of-state driver's license, but it can be a college ID or a work ID as long as that place is located or has some presence in the state of Virginia. Um, Now, I think they're taking away the photo part of the photo ID requirement for the next election. Is that right, Bill? I'm not sure if that legislation went through or not. Yeah. So it it was was high on their agenda to remove it. Hmm? Without a photo, then, uh, I mean, are, are we talking library card? Are we talking utility bill? Yes, utility bill, yes, uh, is what I thought they were considering. Um, uh, that would, I think that would have been okay if this legislation passes, yes. Yeah, and that's the way it used to be. It was, yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking at at some point, you, you know, you've got a, uh, somebody written on the back of a napkin saying, you know, this dude is who he says he is. And, you know, at some point, you're not really requiring ID anymore. Right. Before we had photo ID, we had an ID uh, requirement. But it was just basically a name and address. And then they also did accept things like family Bibles, you know, for like really old people you wow. know, that didn't have a birth certificate. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty wide open. Okay, and I'm sorry, I dragged, I dragged you off topic. <laughs> well, that's okay. Oh, no, no. The, the, the photo, the, the ID thing is interesting because now, now the, there, uh, there's a photo requirement the there does not need to be an address there can be a wrong address uh your address has to match um so when you check in you will say your name and you will say your current residential address and the reason why we ask people to do this is because there's poll watchers sometimes standing behind us now um anybody at a polling place can dispute somebody else's right or uh, yeah, right to vote, basically, and, and fill out a dispute form and say, that person is not who they say they are. I dispute their right to vote, and we have a form for it. But or when more you check likely, in, it's those person, people don't live there. Yeah, or this, they moved, yeah. I, or they don't really live here. Yeah. So, or, or they're an you, illegal Im- immigrant. Well, possibly. <laughs> but when you check in, I guess you have not to a say, lot in Virginia. Yep. Well, no, no, no. Well, so when you check in, you have to say your name and you have to say your address, and what you say has to match the poll book not what is written on your license so oh, okay and it has to be said out loud generally because of those poll uh, poll watchers observers i guess so we, we do pe- make people state their name um and their address and so you're like you if you had a work id for example it probably wouldn't have your home address on it and how many do you times get a, do you get a big buzzer that you can hit that goes bang, if they say it wrong like a cowbell <laughs> clank clank yeah like, something. i wish the well, i was thinking more a gong yeah, the ultimate game show. But I want to know how many times on average do you get hit with somebody coming in that's asking for a ballot that you look down and go, well, no, you've already voted. I, okay, I have not seen that, but 
the more That's common is they've thing. been no they've been issued an absentee ballot uh bill right is that what you see too right well i also that when that circumstance comes up it's usually because it's a junior and senior and we actually checked in the wrong person like the dad came in and we checked in the son gotcha and we actually in the old days we would just account for that you know and just check the other guy knowing that the son was in now that person has to do a provisional ballot and they adjudicate that at the end of the week and they would see that that the son had voted and this was the father and they would allow that and it when bill says things like in the old days it, it might seem crazy that um you know it was it might sound like it was very loosey-goosey but you have to remember um people that run polls uh, live in the neighborhood and right. it's i'm sure bill could identify every single person who works into the polling place that he's been working at for years um, I rove around to different ones, but you know, you know the people after a while. It, it doesn't. You don't use that to make sound, a judgment call, but it doesn't sound loosey goosey to me. What it sounds like is is actually pretty reasonable. It's like let's let's get this thing done. Let's get it done efficiently, and let's not get process and bureaucracy get in the way of trying to do our task here. And I know that anytime anything has to do with government, process and bureaucracy become the thing. That, that everyone has to pay attention to, but sometimes you still want to get an election done. Uh, one question I had, you, you said something about, you know, uh, the, the ballot being counted a week later. And in today's era where, uh, if by 10 minutes after the polls close, the mainstream media has already announced the winner, uh, anybody whose ballot hasn't already been counted instantly, uh, it, it's almost like they didn't vote is how, how does that change? how you're doing it if if we're going to be going comparing between now and way back well that's that's true that's um that's the provisional ballots are adjudicated later in the week and that's where they go through and they decide if they're going to accept them and there's two kind of provisional ballots there's provisional ballots and then there's id provisionals and the id provisional means they didn't have an id acceptable id on election day but they can they have two days to produce an acceptable id and if they do then they're counted and if they're not then it's not counted and sometimes very close elections you know hinge on these provisional ballots and things like that well is each individual ballot tied to the person that did the voting or is this an anonymous <laughs> no. thing still uh those provisionals are are sealed in envelopes um Gotcha. But there's nothing different about the ballot itself. So, right. So, those are the only ones that are tied to an individual. Yeah. Well, and then I know they always are talking about the absentee ballots that seemingly never get counted unless it's a close enough race to need them. Is that still true? I think that might depend on the jurisdiction, but I, I think they generally only count them if it's going to sway the election, right, Bill? Well, if, if the number's so- going to they have it's called the central um absentee precinct and those are those are counted as they come in the mail and that's why you have to have them in before the polls close on election day and they are counted i know i have heard that from other municipalities that they don't count them unless they need to but i know the 
county I work in, I've worked actually in two counties uh, in Northern Virginia, and both those had central absentee precincts that did their uh, their vote counting from the time they opened absentee voting until election day they closed them. And then if I'm not right. missing something, then basically you're saying the overall popular vote in the United States is kind of meaningless unless you're counting all those absentee ballots as well. Well, yeah, if, we're, if like, I guess if you're going to a, a popular vote only system, um, those would be, yeah. But uh, actually, yeah. I was started thinking about that absentee precinct idea, and a lot of states have in-person absentee as well. So when we talk about absentee voting, it's not just vote via mail. It's, right, some is just early um, voting as well, right? Well, uh, they, they call it in-person absentee because some states don't have, quote-unquote, um, early voting. And to do the in-person absentee, you'd have to qualify as an absentee voter. And then different states have different rules. And all yeah, those votes, they, yeah, yeah. So a lot of states require um, reasons. A lot of states don't. So I actually did a little bit of math um, last night. I counted how many Democrat Party primaries were left. And I got 27. Two of those states already are completely mail-in, so that's only 25. 14 of those states have no excuse absentee, meaning anybody can vote absentee. So that leaves 11 states with big decisions to make, basically, it, very, very soon. Do you make any special arrangements for absentee voting for people who have died? <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a form now in, in our precincts to remove somebody from the poll book because this issue came up a lot and people would come in and they would say can you look up my spouse they died six months ago and then you're like oh my god i'm so sorry and they're like no 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 just tell me they're out of the poll book right and it's an uncomfortable conversation so now we have a form they can fill out to make sure that the person is removed from the poll book but I've actually I, looked up people I know who have passed away and they were removed. So I don't know exactly how fast it happens. Right. I think they eventually check it against the, um, what's it called? Master the, death uh, record, the master death record. Yeah. The social security yeah. master death record. <laughs> Interesting. But well, you're saying I mean, like, so we're, now that like in the middle of a pandemic here, if thousands of people do the absentee voting and then pass away before election day, there's really no way to know that. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't go that dark. I didn't think about that. But <laughs> are, I, Darren, are you, are you planning on a, a genocide that I'm not aware of? I'm just saying we're seeing some crazy things happening in the world right now. And uh, I would assume that logic would dictate that if somebody passes away before election day, their vote shouldn't count as horrible and, and crass as that seems. It's, it's a part of the system. And I was just curious. I mean, just, well, well, I mean, I they were the alive case. when they voted. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I hope I'm not, not in Chicago all the time, Bill. <laughs> we, we have I a system. Be, I might be remembering this wrong, but I could have sworn that um, Barack Obama had made a comment about his mother being able to vote before she passed away. And I believe, didn't she vote absentee and she died before the election? So she never, never got to see or his grandmother and never got to see him win something like that so i think um yeah as long as you're alive when you vote you're good <laughs> well, again it's an interesting concept in the time where you know we allegedly have way more people dying of something like this and i'm sure there will be worse pandemics in the future and but it, it's a system that 
a lot of people want to see changed for various reasons. But again, from what I'm understanding you guys saying, it seems that the local polling place is where if there was going to be any corruption going, it was probably going to be at the minute level. It's going to be at the, an individual polling place. So I guess the question for me is also, you've both worked at polling places. How much um, oversee is there? How much of a security background check do they do on you? How do they decide who they're going to trust? And I'm sure every state's different, but do they, how many uh, hoops do they make you jump through in order to be a, uh, somebody that works in the polling place there? Do you have to pass a minion test of some kind, I think is what Darren's asking. Sure. Uh, so um, I believe the requirements are that you have to be a registered voter and to go to training. So um, now I don't know if they've investigated anything else about me. Um, <laughs> I know that there is uh, a, a structure at each polling place where there is a chief who's uh, in charge of everything. They do evaluate the other um, election officials that are working there during the day. So I, I suppose you could not be invited back to work <laughs> at an election if, if they didn't like you. Um, Bill's right. a chief, so he, he knows a little more about this than I do. I, I think it's safe to assume they haven't discovered your connection to the no agenda community because you're still allowed to do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to keep that on the, on the DL. Yeah, on the DL. Yeah. Uh, well, so they, and that's, that's really how they keep this um, fraud from happening is the, you used to have to declare a party whenever you would sign up to be an election official. Um, in recent times, they do allow independence, uh, but they try to evenly split the parties, the people representing the parties in the election, and the people, the, the regular poll workers don't know who's who. Um, and believe me, you don't want to be talking about this during the day. <laughs> yeah, definitely so, not. That's a big... So, so only the chief and assistant chief know who's who. And that's what keeps one party from... You know, what, what you could do is if you had everybody work for the same party or like, you know, in Chicago where they're voting in someone's garage and everybody there knows everybody knows each other and they've worked together for 30 yeah. years they could just figure out who died and vote for them or figure out who's not coming in and vote for them right and that's that's how the fraud gets introduced so if you have people that really don't know each other then and everybody's watching each other and another thing when you're an election official you can't leave during the day oh, so yeah, everybody's there all day long i hope they've got a bathroom. watching each other <laughs> from 4 45 in the morning until the last vote is counted and oh the polls God. open at six yes yeah, so the polls open at 6 a.m and i can tell you uh the last place i worked they uh the facility had um this automated system that would unlock the door at 6 a.m automatically and for one minute, me and somebody else argued with the building staff that it was actually six o'clock and that the door should be open and that they were opening it a minute late and they refused to open, let us open the door. And we argued for a solid minute until the door popped open to get the polling place opened at six, not 601, because we had to use our watches. It was, I mean, yeah. Um, and another thing I want to say about the two parties is that there, there are activities 
that are performed um, by one person representing each party that's having a primary. So there's a, a notion of curbside voting. And I've, I've had this happen every every year. Um, there are people that can't get out of their cars for whatever reason. Usually it's because they're older and somebody will drive them and we will have um, somebody, uh, one Democrat representative, one Republican representative, walk outside, get the person's ID, walk inside, check them in, both walk outside with their ballot, have them vote, walk inside together, scan their ballot, and walk back outside to give them their I voted sticker so that they know that they're done. And that's, that's always done that's by two people. That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. And that, mean, that happens about four to five times every year for me where I work. It, it never occurred to me that that going to a polling place the the problems if if somebody has mobility issues so that's pretty cool that you guys do that yeah right and we also have um a uh, ballot marker machine because uh, not everybody can hold a pencil and color in a circle so we have a machine that is touch screen and, and sip they, and puff and sip, yeah, and, sip puff, and, right? and puff and it's mm -hmm. also uh it has you can change the contrast on it uh, it has a head, like scratch and sniff. It has a headset so that you can uh, a blind voter can vote. Yeah, I actually had somebody come into our polling place. Um, yeah, he had a, a seeing eye dog with him, so I'm going to assume that he had vision problems, and he used the accessible voting machine. Now that it's not really a voting machine; it's a ballot marker, right? Because all it does is produce a ballot that will get scanned, just like the rest of the ballots. And it, and it prints it out on like a little dinky Epson printer sitting next to it. So it actually prints it out and then it can be scanned. High tech stuff. When, when, when it comes to even, uh, I guess the question even before any of this too, that we didn't talk about is voter registration. And how do we know that the people that are actually registering are eligible? And uh, do you know how many checks go into stuff like that? Well, I know Bill does voter registration. So you should talk about that. Yeah. One. So at the top of the form the first question is um are you a u.s citizen and you check a box that's racist <laughs> so then you uh you fill out the rest of the form and it even asks you are you a felon and if you mark yes then it's uh, the next question is have your rights been restored and if you mark no in that then you know you're not you're not in and if people lie uh i think they have a list from the clerk of courts of, of felons and and that's the same thing for that first question that first checkbox i think they use that same system um i'm drawing a blank on the name of it where they basically look up i9s for employees oh the e-verify e-verify yes right mm -hmm. So if you're not an e-verify, then that, that's a showstopper. It does beg the question: if if the if they have a database that they're checking it against, why are they even asking? It's like, don't they already know? Or I mean, my question more than that would be: why do people even have to register to vote rather than just being eligible and you either go vote or you don't? Well, I don't think all states have registration, right? Don't some states just send it? Or don't, well, okay, actually, here, I think I thought of a reason. Huh. So um, you have to register to vote because there, there needs to be a way to compare your, your signature to something. And, and this gets into the mail-in voting, right? So 
not to skip too ahead, but one of the reasons why ballots that are mailed in are often rejected is because there's a signature mismatch. And the signature has to either match your signature on record with the DMV, which would imply a voter ID, or it would have to match your signature on the uh, voter registration. I can't imagine how they would verify signatures if they didn't make you actually register to vote. Bill, what do you think? Right. Yeah. The So whenever you register to vote in, in Virginia, you can register online and use your driver's license signature as your signature. And you don't have to do anything. You can do it all online. If you don't have a driver's license, then what it does is it prints out the form and then you have to sign it and send it in. But it all comes down to the signature. To be a registered voter, they have to have your signature. Well, that's interesting. Oh, because I know, Sir Bembroes, you vote via mail. Who determines then whether that signature is valid or not? Is it an automated system? And uh, Well, so... You know, um, I, when I was doing some research on the, the, the pros and cons of mail-in voting, the signature mismatch is why a lot of, or a lack of signature, um, is, is one of the big reasons why ballots get rejected. So there is some somebody checking. Um, I don't know if they're uh, checking individual ones, but there, there's probably machine scanning for just looking for a signature. Um, I don't know how they compare the signatures here, though, for, for absentees. Yeah, that, cause that would make a lot of, uh, that's not a job that somebody can do without a lot of training. And I think there's enough variances in how people sign their name from one time to mm -hmm. another that, I mean, I guess a computer could give you a variance, but uh, we know that it's not really hard to fake a signature with a, a variance anyway. So it seems like it's a weird kind of an antiquated system going by a signature. Right. And the other issue with the, the paper ballots, and I actually don't know um, how it is in Washington state, but you have to have a witness. And um, because of a voting scandal in 2018 in North Carolina, I believe they actually increased it to two witnesses. And I'm not exactly sure how you would do that when we're all self uh, isolating and social distancing. It seems uh, impossible now. So do you remove the, the idea of even having a witness to make sure the person who voted actually put the ballot in the envelope? I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it would be. Well, even with that in place, doesn't seem like it gives a whole lot of, uh, uh, it does, not a lot of security. But No, because anybody could sign for a witness, but you are signing an affidavit and, you know, um, and, and there have been, well, we can talk about ballot harvesting um, if you want to talk a little bit about some of what happens during absentee voting well yeah because that's that's the biggest question when it comes to any of the the mail-in balloting options right that's where this is a a much different for everything that we've talked about already that you're doing at the polling places to have people come in it's at a, such a local level that they know the neighborhood they're verifying the people that are doing the voting at least much better than if you were doing nothing at all and when you get to the mail-in all of that goes by the wayside and you now go well if the signature is close enough we'll believe it so it seems like there is so much less to protect the the integrity of the vote when it comes to the mail-in and as ryan talked about before when we talked about the way they do the mail-in ballot in washington 
he's amazed and i was amazed that your signature is on the outside of the envelope which just seems rife for for problems and then the ballot harvesting that's I, I I imagine that a big reason for that is that your signature can't go on the ballot itself because the ballots have to be separated from identities. Uh, yeah, we have but, double envelopes here for, for that reason. So there's a ballot yeah, and, inside and an envelope. In, inventing, yeah. inventing another envelope would probably co- make it cost even more money. So I don't know if that's... I, but that signature is like not a stupid outside. Reason. <laughs> I mean, the, because let's be honest. The uh, I mean, maybe everybody isn't aware of the system. I am... Uh, mainly because I signed up when we got our grumpy old Ben's email box. We did get another donation on the, on the PO box, which, yay, thanks, Mark R. We'll be talking about that in the donation segment. But the post office has a uh, solution now where you can sign up to be notified of mail that's on its way to you. So they're scanning every piece of mail and digitizing this and putting it into a database. So the fact that you have your signature on the envelope seems like a really bad idea yeah i think we ended up signing up for that because our our mailbox is a little bit down the driveway and around the corner and not visible and we've had mail stolen so now we we get uh uh, dame bemrose has a an app now where she can log in and and see photos of the mail that's arriving that day it's actually pretty fascinating but but i I, I, you know they they started that they started uh, photographing the mail after the uh, anthrax. Right. And then they, the post office wanted to find some way of monetizing that. <laughs> so I was actually in the pilot for that in Northern Virginia. And then they started but adding. they make you pay for it? No, no, it's free. But they, they've started putting ads in it. Oh, Like God. if you get a piece of mail from Macy's, they'll put a Macy's ad in the email. You know, okay. that has oh, your wow. mail in it. Wow. I, I am uncomfortable with them running that That's level <laughs> of automatic recognition on my mail. I will tell you that much. They're the post office. They know everything, but they can't make money knowing everything. They there's, have all your secrets one, and they can't make money. There, there's one thing where you're taking photos of all the mail and storing the photos. That's creepy enough. But then when you are also running it through an algorithmic detector to determine that it's a Macy's ad so that you can add Macy's advertisements to it. I, I don't know. Oh, yes. And not to go too Skin far down crawl. that rabbit hole, but then you just assume that the U.S. Postal Service is could be paid by whatever Macy's. Uh, I'm sure they are. Competitor. Right. So if somebody's getting bills yeah. from Macy's, Coles is like, well, let us know who's getting a Macy's bill. I want to send them advertisements. So, mm-hmm. yeah, privacy's dead. Ryan, didn't you know that? Yeah, I'm getting that impression after 57 episodes. <laughs> Something like that. So. The, the ballot harvesting, DC Girl, what do we need to know? Because this is now, of course, Jennifer Lawrence. We should all really put our faith in the celebrities because of the pandemic are immediately calling for, we need mail-in voting immediately. And one, I want to know how stupid people are to think that people can go from zero ability to do this to a safe and secure system by November. I mean, this is the government uh, after all. That's yeah, that's the part that concerns me because the five states that have done it took years and years to get there. And and, and we're not know, we're not there right, yet. Right. And you, you and can still show know, up at the county courthouse. I'm right. Sorry. Oh, no. And what you should know about ballot harvesting is that it's completely legal. So 
In California, any person can collect mail-in ballots from voters. It used to be it had to be a member of your household. There's nothing illegal about people going around and collecting the, the mail-in ballots and delivering them for you. Now, changing your, your vote, obviously, is the yeah. problem. Coercing you, paying you to just hand over your absentee ballot and sign it so they can fill it out for you. Yes, those are obviously problems, but the actual harvesting and picking them up, thats that. there's nothing illegal about that. And so, California so I, Democrats I can, were against it. So I don't know what Jennifer Lawrence is doing because the California Democrats were very, very against this. So I can drive around on election day, you're telling me, and, and helpfully pull ballots out of any mailbox I see with the flag up. Well, that would tamper with the U.S. mail, so that would probably get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but, no, I think what the, the concept here would be, though, are you saying it would be completely legal for somebody to come to my door, walk in and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just we're collecting these ballots. Oh, have you and your wife voted yet? No. Well, you know, if you vote for uh, we vote for uh, Bernie. Well, we might well, Darren, if they come to your door and they walk right in without it being invited, they're likely to get shot. Well, that's true. I mean, I've just been waiting for that to happen. I mean, you can't normally fire your gun in the house, it's, but give me a reason. So, so uh, what, you're, what you're talking about is sort of leaning towards voter assistance, which um, at a polling place, um, any voter can request assistance. So maybe they can't um, read or, or can't see well or, or, or whatever, just need some sort of assistance. Uh, any poll worker or I think person over the age of 16 can be an assistant to a voter, but you, they have to sign a form and an affidavit. So uh, I don't know how, again, how, how that would happen with uh, mail-in voting or with these ballot harvesters. I don't know how you, you track the, the voter assistance. So I think in um, the mm -hmm. absentee application, it's uh, you need assistance. And then okay. I think they send you the form. Okay. But what's important about assistance is they can bring an assistant with them and then you just fill out the form or they can come into the polling place and ask for an assistant and a poll worker will, um, will help yeah, I've them. Been an assistant. Yeah. So the, there are two things, that, two people that can't be, um, assistants and that is an employer or a union representative. Oh, what about a candidate running for a, an election? Oh, they're not allowed well, to be in the polling place, right? They're, for yeah, they're, just, time, they're right? just allowed to come in and vote, period. And they're not right. allowed to. Okay. Yeah. All right. So your employer or your union thug can't coerce you. That's right. <laughs> okay. So yeah, your employer or a union representative cannot be an assistant. And of course, all of this cannot be enforced if the voting's all happening in people's homes. That's right. <laughs> Right. And right. you also I mean, don't know what kind of coercion, personal coercion is, it, coercion is, could be happening to, you know. Well, and it really concerns well, think, me that um, I think that, like, you know, community organizations and other people that have agendas will be having, you know, barbecues and all kinds of other events. Bring your ballot. We'll fill them out together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, well you know, I, right now. Oh, uh, 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 what you just suggested actually sounds like a really great community event, and I value bringing community together. But yes, there is the potential for corrosion. Yeah, right. I mean, right now you'll typically see um, uh, different parties standing outside of polling places with a mock ballot filled out in the way that they want you to vote, and then you can walk in with that, and you can kind of copy 
where the boxes are. So, and you know, if, if that's what you want to do, that's um, totally you're, you're right. So I could see you know, big parties <laughs> happening where, where something similar happened. Um, I don't, I think that the privacy of the polling place pr protects a lot of people. Your, your spouse doesn't even know who you're voting for. You, you could say you're voting for anybody, right? Right. But and that's, with, with, that's really the reason that they, they don't give you a receipt of who you voted for is because oh, there are a lot a of idea. wives that would have to take that receipt to their husband or employees that would have to take that to their employer. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want sense. any way of proving. I don't want anybody to be able. To, it's it's dangerous. It's it's a dangerous thing. When I was in college, there was somebody working on something called citizen verified voting, and I don't know if the project is still around, but it was quite clever. And your receipt was one part of an image, and then you held it up to another part of an image, and it kind of used steganography to create a full image to verify your vote was counted correctly without oh showing what your vote was. Yes. Um, and I don't know if that project ever went anywhere. I could look up the paper. It was really fascinating. And I don't know why it didn't take off. But well, you, citizen you verified about, voting is a, yeah. You were talking about people being coerced by a, a lawyer and a union rep. I think that probably the most widespread form of vote coercion is, is going to be a lot harder to do anything about, especially in a state like, like here where, uh, everything is vote by mail. Uh, my household receives two ballots and in my household or or in any household, the, the dominant spouse can, you know, be the one who has very strong political opinions. And that person uh, effectively gets two votes because they get to just, you know, browbeat the other spouse into you're going to vote this way. Right. Let me see your ballot. Let me see if you make sure you did it right. Uh, that doesn't actually happen in in my household because she'd beat me. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dave Demrose and I, we talk about who we vote for, but we never look at each other's ballots that that just. You know, those get are separate. Nobody was mistaken right you for the dominant one, Brian. Nobody. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good point. And especially for households now, a lot of times now we have college age, which of course voting age children yeah. in the house. So you could be getting yeah. four or five you know, so, ballots. Yeah. When, when, when a dude can, you know, he's like, I, I am staunchly this party and I have been staunchly this party for 50 years. So, you know, and then he collects the ballot from his wife and he collects the ballot from his three, uh, you know, 30 year old millennial kids living in the house. And I mean, yeah, fills them all out because why not? Which is a big part of why this everybody goes to a mail in voting has major issues. Like you said, DC girl, even the places that are doing it took years to try to figure right. out how to get it right and they're still not 100 percent right i don't think so it's a, the coercion thing is kind of funny because um colorado um decided to solve the threat of coercion um by letting people vote in person at a polling place so their solution to the mail-in voting problem and, and coercion happening at home was to go back to polling places uh, that's your option so it, it does again, make not going to work here Right, but not going to work in our in our coronavirus world, right? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, actually, I, I would like to spend some time talking about uh, how things are changed, or at least how you see, you know, you, you've you've now done this a couple of times. You, you've got an idea of what the process is, and you've uh, described a lot about how polling works in person. Um, if, if the election were to happen, you know, today or in the next couple of weeks, what would change? 
uh, given the the virus scare? I mean, we have Wisconsin on the seventh, Alaska on the tenth, Wyoming on the seventeenth. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's coming it's coming fast. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, and there those first three Wisconsin, Alaska, well, Alaska is mail in, right? Um, but <laughs> most most of them have no excuse absentees. So that's what I would guess they were going to be doing. But I, I just I don't see how we could do the voter education the poll worker education fast enough. I know that people are already complaining that the money in the stimulus package to update voting was not enough. So I'm not exactly, I, I don't have a good solution because, you know, um, Illinois, Arizona, and Florida were on March 17th and they had late openings, low turnout, closed precincts, no poll workers showing up. Ohio did a last minute postponement on um, on March 17th. So we've already had one disastrous uh, primary day and the, the rest are coming fast. Virginia already had theirs, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. We were on the third. We were early March. Super Tuesday. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's right. So that's, the, I guess, the intriguing thing. If you're going to go through an election with something like this pandemic still going on, and as you said, the pollsters aren't showing up then what's the answer to that? What is the nuclear option if it comes to election day and your polling places, people just don't show up. They refuse to leave the house. I think that no matter what we do, whoever loses is going to point out a massive laundry list of flaws, right? right. They're already right. taking away the witnesses. They're, t- you know, they're, they're really trying to make mail-in voting easier, right? Cause uh, there's a, there's a, there's a case in Florida. Um, this is actually interesting. So um, before the November 2016 election, uh, a federal judge in Florida said that um, people needed a chance to correct their rejected ballots, right? Yet even <laughs> even with that, they had more ballots rejected that year than in 2012. So they made a, a change to try to let people correct their ballots, and they still had more rejected than the previous presidential. And it was younger voters and voters of color that were had their ballots rejected at a far higher rate. So they made changes and they made it worse. Pick. Welcome to your <laughs> right? government. So, that, so well, Florida in, in has, Florida, I think yeah. they're still recounting uh, 2000 elections. So, right. And, and, and there's there's a lot of I mean, they said this, the same report said that voters 18 to 21 were eight times likelier to have their ballots rejected. So there's some things falling along race and and age lines for some reason. There's there's a lot of theories. Um, uh, People, uh, voters of color uh, historically have just voted in person more often. So just not as used to doing the absentee. I don't know why, but but the the data shows that they're more likely to show up in person. Um, Same with younger people. So I don't know. It's probably a voter education issue. But again, is this something that we can solve? We got a lot of primaries coming fast. And then the big one in November. I, I don't know if we can. I, it's going to be bad. Well, yeah, it's going to be bad. The The concept of not being able to control who is taking those ballots and filling those out again in a, on a case by case basis where you could have the head of a household filling out five of them and just making you know the wife and kids sign the outside. You have uh, something we haven't even gotten into yet is the concept of. Mm-hmm voting digitally 
via an app or a website. I know something that Ryan will love the idea. Um, but I believe that that's probably where we're going. And then the real problem there is you have zero paper trail where right now the way things are done, as you said, you have those paper ballots. If there is any question about the machines malfunctioning, you could go back and recount those. With the current way we're doing absentee or mail-in ballots, you still have a physical ballot. Of course, you now question whether, do we know that, because this is all anonymized, do we know that the ballot that Ryan and his wife got are the ones that are being counted or is there a way that somebody could have intercepted these in the you know in the meantime well, I, i'm on the left coast my vote doesn't get counted anyway but but <laughs> well, i understand your point they look at it and shred it but i'm curious how they know you know because you don't tie these to individual people so how do you keep any kind of uh rain on this except going oh well there's a signature on the outside is that pretty much all they're using well, i think we're just to I think we're just trusting the integrity of the of the mail system, right? Because you are, are the, the outside envelope that you mail it back with is barcoded, has your name on it, whatnot. It's like going you know just stick it in any envelope, at least here. So they are tracking. You're only sending one, and they're only issuing you one ballot. Um, but yeah, I could see, I could see. I mean. If somebody There's, really right. wanted to, they could reproduce those envelopes and put a new ballot inside. They, they, uh, true. Uh, However, the, 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 the city or state or county knows how many ballots they produced, and I'm sure they're comparing those numbers with how many they get back. Because if you don't send yours back, they also mark that. Um, if you never send yours back, they, they track at that. At the risk well. of, of trusting a government entity, I actually think that the U.S. Postal Service is probably has more integrity than most. Um, I, I don't actually have any reason to think that once it gets into the postal service that that it's being wholesale replaced with other ones. Uh, but I, I wanted to point out that at least here in in Washington, um, the the method that I always use because of all of the concerns about just throwing a ballot in a mailbox is uh, that you do have the option of going to a polling place and dropping off your sealed ballot into a sealed ballot box, and then you know it's still. It still goes into the dark ballot box, but it's a ballot box. And if, if you're going to participate in democracy, you have to start trusting something somewhere. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we, we have that option as well. Um, I, I always joke that well, and I only half joke that you have to put a stamp on an absentee ballot, ballot in Virginia. So that's sort of your poll tax right there. Um, it blows my mind that you have to put a stamp to mail in your absentee ballot. But OK whatever you can you can drop it off if, if you're not in a rural area and you, and you have a vehicle you, you could drop it off or you could give it to a harvester right where it's legal yeah like in california or, yeah, you so can, you can hand it to your union rep <laughs> right exactly and they can make sure you voted correctly <laughs> they'll check it for accuracy i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure but yeah i think that which is sad the fact because the mail-in seems like it would be such an insecure system but even trying to contemplate a digital voting system now that's the real scary place that we're going right so estonia right was the first country i believe to go to all online voting uh i don't know anything else about estonia so <laughs> so um, uh, I, I do I don't know, know how they that did estonia it. they they are actually one of the more technologically advanced countries out there they're they're I mean, really I'm not surprised, forward but based on this yeah 
So, uh, I mean, if, if anybody can get it done, I guarantee you, uh, if, if you were to say which country is most likely, likely to succeed at it first, I wouldn't put the U.S. in the top 50. Well, but, and, and as we, but, but we've been moving small. back to paper, like we, we've, we've gone into the, the, a lot of states that didn't have a paper trail or have paper ballots have gone back to paper ballots, right? So I don't see the move to online voting anytime soon, yeah, at least not for a federal. Yeah, Virginia used to have touchscreen. And there was concern that, you know, how do you do those recounts? Because those recounts are just examining the tape that came out of the machines. Right. Well, so there's obviously nothing to you examine. Just, there's nothing to it. You, you just film, you, you take live video roll of every voting booth, just like pointing down at the screen and watch where people touch. And like then you store all those videos so that you can, you can use them later for recounts and also hand them to the union rep. Yeah, right perfect <laughs> sure that's easy and you would need video because let's be honest we have these systems if somebody was able to hack into the system you would need the video that was high quality enough to see the name the person was actually clicking because as you said with some of the states that have ballots with the names in different orders just to try to keep some of the stuff well, i happening. don't i think that's just um outside of the u.s the the, the I can't imagine that happening. The mixed order ballots, that would be like voter suppression. <laughs> People would go crazy, yeah. I think. And I don't think I don't think the US population is ready for electronic voting because they would have to be issued some sort of certificate. And right. It's commonly done with a card. And I don't think that the, the public's ready for isn't that what the cards. I voted sticker is? Is a certificate yeah. that says you voted? Sure. Right. Yeah, I think they did a CAC, like common access card, similar thing in Estonia. And I think if the uh, online learning uh, uh, that's going on with K through 12 is evidence of anything, I don't think we're ready to vote online. We're not even ready to educate our kids online. Um, I, I have friends who live in counties where th this people are parking around the school and sitting in their car because that's the only way they can get wi-fi is to park in the school parking lot and have their kids sit there all day that's that's the it's horrible so i just i just don't see online voting i mean i see a lot of people screaming voter suppression immediately well right because you have to then say well you need a device in order to vote and then you need internet so this would then make both of those things necessary and you would have to you would have to provide those although if it's like the mail concept too you're saying the system already is well you could still go into a polling place well i think well then what's you know what's the point except for i guess convenience but then some people get the convenience and some don't and that is an issue i mean i could see it wouldn't be that hard to do from a standpoint if we wanted to set something up for people to vote on something it would be very easy to do to send everybody like when we renew our license plates here in Illinois, they send you a postcard that has a username and pin number. I mean, granted, it's on the outside of the device, but nobody wants on the outside of the postcard, but nobody wants to go and pay for my vehicle registration. So nobody cares if it was voting. That might be a little different. You would have to obviously hide those. But if you could send somebody a username and password to go in and vote the security of it would be pretty easy you just have to trust the people on the other end and then you have to trust that 
the username and password can't be intercepted and somebody else vote for them, which even though it's a very simplistic things, you're right. I don't think we're anywhere near ready for a system that would be not rife with total corruption because there's no way to prove what those numbers are. And I don't know why anybody would want that on either side of the aisle, because when your candidate loses and then you go, well, let's recount the ballots, like you said, and your answer is there are no ballots. <laughs> There's just, just clicks. <laughs> yeah. Can't recount yeah. the clicks. Yeah. I think NetNed nailed it in the troll room. He says, if you think people are ready for electronic voting, go to the self-checkout at any store and lose that thought. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a barcode on this. I don't know. Uh, please take the item off of the rack. Please put the item on the tray. Yes, and you move it too quickly, they're pissed. You move it too slowly, they're pissed. The machines just don't want to work. And let's be honest, anything with a touchscreen right now would send fear into people. Although, I know Sir Benmore doesn't like to talk about the virus at all, so I'll just mention a virus story quickly. That there's a guy that's Uh. the lead in Germany on this, now believes that very, very low chance you can get this by touching things. Thinks it is mainly aerosolized, being close. He said, as of yet, nobody has gotten this. That just could prove that they just got it at a grocery store. They went into a family that was infected's home and tested all the surfaces and found none of the virus on the surfaces. So there's some weird stuff going on with this. But let's just assume that the virus is living on surfaces. Touch screens could never happen anymore anywhere because it would just be too much of a concern otherwise you would have to have that would be your new job as people in the uh, the polling places bill dc girl would be you'd have to have sanitizer and every time somebody touched a screen you'd have to go totally sanitize it between every voter and that's gonna get annoying that's kind of what my grocery store is doing for their their uh pin pad for their debit cards anytime somebody uses it then a, a worker's actually going over and just lysoling the whole thing down yeah kind of each customer takes forever (laughs) i I couldn't imagine staying six feet apart from people in a polling place seeing as how you have to they have to hand you an id you have to hand them a ballot um the pins union rep needs oh right people did ask to use their own i had three people ask to use their own pen um this super tuesday and that was pretty early in in the whole virus thing with the disappearing ink Right. That, that could be fun, too. That that see, you want to screw with the pollsters. That's what you do, I guess. Because you could fill it out with <laughs> yeah. disappearing ink. Yeah. It reads yeah. it. And then, uh, you know, and then when there's a recount yeah. <laughs> right. and then on the second recount, it reappears. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do have a tip, a, a tip that I want to give uh, just just a general life tip. And, and it's very valid with your point about any any kind of public touchscreen surface. Uh, and that is. Uh, in the years and years that touchscreen devices have become ubiquitous everywhere, um, I never touch with the tip of my fingers. And the reason is all, you know, it, it has nothing to do with a particular scare, but you don't know if somebody just, you know, had their thumb up their butt and then pushed it on the screen. So, uh, if there's, there's a lot of places where they actually invent like special little pins and stuff that you can carry that, that behave like a fingertip. They have the capacitive stuff in, right? If you don't, if if you have one of those, that's the right way to go because that way you're not having to touch the screen at all. Uh, if you don't, however, uh, my tip is use a knuckle. Hmm. They, they register it just as much, 
but you're not usually, I mean, you're, you're less likely to stick your knuckle in your eye afterward or, you know, don't, don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. So, uh, whenever I'm activating a, a touch screen, I always use the, the back of a knuckle to touch it. It's just as precise and you're not sharing the fingertip germs with everybody. The, the fact that shopping malls now have those giant touch screens uh, for their maps that you have to touch and interact with just gross me out. <laughs> uh, what was wrong with the map? <laughs> the map was fine. <laughs> Why do I have to touch this thing now? You know, Ugh. more data. Do, do you remember? Do you remember like five or six years ago when when Microsoft the the Xbox had the the Connect the the full body scanner that would tell where, what your body was doing and and they yeah. were talking about how it that technology would soon be used to replace touch screens and it, and everybody had this yeah, so idea wave that, your arms around and yeah. yeah so so instead of instead of touching a screen at the mall you stand in front of the kiosk and do an interpretive dance or something act out what you're looking for yeah <laughs> maybe that's one way to do it but that's how they get more data as you punch in things to the well what stores are people right. looking for which ones aren't they and uh and and in the no agenda social I just have to say, we've hit the big time. Uh, comic Strip Logger is listening to us live. And, oh, my goodness. Oh my God. So, hi, Comic Strip Logger. He says, DC Girl, thanks for mentioning Estonia on episode 57, <laughs> EU member country where Skype originally developed and still 40% of Skype dev team in Estonia. I, I'm maybe not doing that as good as Adam, but we appreciate you listening, Comic Strip Logger. You know, I've never heard him talk, so as far as I'm concerned, that was That was right on. <laughs> I only I hear him in Adam's impression of him. <laughs> that's how I hear his voice. And I I asked him once if that was accurate, and he said yes. So I'm guessing that's close. That the Adam's thing is close. But that's all we can go by. He is an elusive guy, unless you can find the old podcasts around of No Agenda or uh, Yo Agenda when he did some of those. So I, I did listen to a couple of those back in the day because the I I only heard about. I, it was like when episode 120 of no agenda was live and they mentioned once about uh, you know the the guys who make fun of us came out with another yo agenda and i had to go immediately look it up and i listened to it and and by the way it was freaking terrible <laughs> but but they actually they were doing a blow by blow uh tear down of everything that john and adam were talking about on no agenda and i'm like you know if i get 120 episodes into a podcast I want somebody to do uh, a, a <laughs> podcast solely dedicated to tearing me down. An anti, an anti podcast. <laughs> yes, you're getting there. You are getting. Well, there. well nobody started a podcast with it yet. But shout out to people. Estonia. You yes. know. <laughs> hey, if it's working for them, that that's good. I mean, you. There are so many things that go on with elections that you're trusting that the people involved are doing the right thing and are honest, and that is. The human nature is where things break down because people will do the wrong thing for a wide variety of reasons, which is why when we're talking about the voting the way we are now, it sounds like the system that we have, while it's kind of antiquated, may still be a much better system because you know the people that are coming into the polling places, you're working with multiple other people who are basically acting as the checks and balances they're watching you you're watching them it doesn't i mean it's good to know that there's a mixture of people at each location even if that's not true since you can't talk about it even if there were you know six democrats and one republican if they still think that's half and half 
you're afraid somebody's watching you, which is probably a good thing. And I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't work on the left coast because there are no Republicans. It's like a mythical beast. It'd be like a unicorn in the polling place. There would but have I understand to be, right? It's it's almost like that in Northern Virginia. Yeah, Northern Virginia, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and and I think it's interesting. Well, I, it's you know, there's usually only primaries for the Democrat and Republican Party, so they they really treat it like a two party system. You you can only choose between those two parties to represent. So we don't represent we don't register um, uh, under different parties as voters. So there's no I'm not a registered anything. We don't we don't have that concept. And you can vote in any primary you want in Virginia, but you can't become an election officer and say, I want to represent the Green Party only because unless they have a primary, you'll, you'll never work. So so you you have to choose one of the parties that's actually having a primary to represent that day. And you can change it every time, every time. In, in, insert joke about Green Party members not having any work anyway. Uh, they have a lot of time, huh? Okay, but yeah, and, and you, you can change it every every election, I suppose. You, you sign a a form um, before each election, saying who you'll represent. And the, well, the interesting thing with the states all doing things differently, do most states now not have the party affiliation on the ballot, or there's still some that do on the ballot itself? <laughs> Well, well it's it registration. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's how you're registered. About- right. And there there are some states that still register by party and then you can only vote in that primary. And then with the general election are they still I mean, cuz I know California you're not even guaranteed um, to have a Republican on the ballot anymore and they don't say what party anybody is. Oh, right. yeah, that's the, that that varies by election here. Some yeah, some everybody votes it. in the general election. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the- I, I, hmm? Oh, I, I, w- I was going to describe the way it works in Washington, but I don't know if anyone cares. Right. Well, because everybody mm-hmm. votes in the general election, but mm-hmm. I believe in the primaries for president in California, if the top two vote getters are both Democrats, that's all that's mm-hmm. on the final ballot. There's no Republican on the ballot. Yeah. That, that's exactly what happens mm-hmm. here. And the, yeah, the, 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 the way the primaries work is you are not required to, you're not required to register as a particular party but when the primary comes out you know, w- w- on the primary ballot on the outside of the envelope right next to the signature and and this by the way is is a fantastic way for people to really target you is on the outside of the envelope there's two check boxes and you have to check one of them that says i voted the democrat ballot or i voted the republican ballot and so huh. if you put your signature your name and i voted the republican ballot and you put it in the mail here then anybody coming along and just glancing at the outside of the envelope knows okay that's the house to firebomb or the or Or the the, one we want to shred before it gets to the to the ballot box that that's the ballot to throw out yeah we we've had um some some so our mary here for mayor is the the election for mayor you know um so a lot of places same with d there's only going to be a democrat party primary for certain offices so you'll have all the Republicans come out and vote in that primary um, because there's nothing else to vote for, or there's, you know, there's not going to be a Republican candidate for mayor. Yeah. That, that, and that happened here too, is, is you, you have to put on the outside, I voted the Democrat ballot or I voted the Republican ballot. But the thing is uh, that information, 
you you decide then and there which ballot you wanted to vote and and actually right uh it it says i identify as a republican or democrat and i could not in good conscience put conscience put <laughs> identify as either party so i didn't actually vote in the primary uh but if it was just i use i use the republican or i use the democrat ballot i would probably would have but anybody nobody in washington had any incentive to vote the republican ballot during the primary because there was only one name on it right yeah, we had that we've had race uh contests like that too where there there are no either there's no candidates for certain offices on one primary at all um and it's interesting they ask you uh, in that phrasing because when we have a dual primary where we are supporting two it's really two elections at the same time a republican and democrat party primary um we have to ask you when you come in which primary you would like to vote in we can't ask you are you a republican or are you Dem nothing like that but it's amazing because some people will walk in and you'll say which primary would you like to vote in today and you can't ask me how i'm voting well i i'm not asking you how you're voting but you can only vote in one election yeah i'm, I'm asking and you i have to know which one hand you. exactly and yeah. that's what they don't get and i can't give you both <laughs> right see I, I i do like that because it, it it seems like such a small sticking point that that i mean i'm probably being petty but that's really what i do anyway uh, but if they had asked which ballot do you want to vote or which primary do you want to vote in, then I would have done my duty as an informed voter. But when they asked it like, do you personally identify as a Democrat or do you personally identify as a Republican? I'm like, I know I cannot in good conscience put on on a such an important government document that I identify with a party I don't identify with. Yeah, I agree totally agree well and along with that i don't think a lot of people realize when uh, going for the biggest election which is obviously the presidential election that the candidates still have to register and qualify in all 50 states which is still kind of a bizarre thing when you think about it but you hear every now and then especially with trump it seems don't that yeah that some of these states but, are like well they're going to make him you know trump will be ineligible because he didn't do x y and z joe biden doesn't have to be on the ballot in wyoming uh trump doesn't even have to be on the ballot in right. in you know any any state that he's guaranteed to lose he doesn't need the electors from it so he doesn't have to have to be on the ballot but he is well he, i mean we trump have to is, say yes. you could get to that point to where if you really wanted to play the party politics in a state and really go that extra mile be like well we're not going to even put trump on the ballot or we're not going to put hillary on the ballot whoever it is of course then would totally f up the concept of getting rid of the electoral college and having a popular vote because if you go to a popular vote don't you have to federalize the voting process um i don't know but i do know that th the fact that it is so decentralized is one of the things that makes it more secure yes so uh, having it federalized yeah uh would yeah. not necessarily be a good thing it, um yeah <laughs> well, i think it would be a horrible it's, thing but i think that's what like, you would have to do to go to a every vote count system because if every vote's going to count like everybody software. should have the same ballot if you sure. if you have lots and lots of different processes then if you develop an exploit for one it only works for a few of them but if you right. only have one process anywhere, you know, or one browser or one whatever, and you develop an exploit, it works everywhere. Right. Lots of registration databases. I mean, there's there's lots of lots of systems to break 
right now. There is. And some of them are. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed at the, <laughs> right? uh, you know, some of the technology being used. And I'm always amazed that any of this stuff is connected to, you know, they're like voting machines being hacked. It's like, do you connect voting machines to the Internet? Yeah, that, that I don't understand because the, the, the tablets and the laptops that we were referring to is usually what they call electronic poll books. And at least here, we're very able and, and willing to tell people that our electronic poll books are never connected to the Internet and they're never connected to another computer that has ever been connected to the Internet. So I, I don't see how, they, how the electronic poll books could get compromised or necessarily well, maybe you'd want to remove people from the poll books or or add people but i i don't see that happening um the way they're done here what do you yeah, think Bill? And just to add on to that is even if you compromise one side of it you still can't do the other side of it. you still can't do the ballot counting part of it and yeah our our ipads are never connected to the internet um or connected to a computer connected to the internet but they do uh wirelessly connect between each other oh uh, yeah we have a little hub for ours they connect to each other yes, they can pull with each other yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes yeah, so they have to sync with each other so if you check somebody in on one obviously you want to make sure that they're checked in on all of the computers so you'll see a little thing at the bottom that tells you how many computers are connected it's using crossover cables or a little hub little dumb hub and it tells you, you know, they're polling. We check the numbers between the poll books to make sure they're consistent. They're all and, connected to each other. And from a um, ease of doing that paperwork at the end of the day, I wish that the ballot box was the same system as the poll pads so that I could just, you know, run my numbers and we'd be out of there 10 minutes after the poll closed. But, yeah, but they keep them intentionally separate. You know, they're even different companies produce them right so yep. what is the process of verifying those just literally printouts and matching things up or right there's printouts and then there's reconcile forms that you know we have to go over um how many ballots we were given how many we used how many we're returning and then i have to carry all those ballots voted and unvoted uh back to the uh, the government office at the end of the night and there's also keys on our um devices on our scanners and each key has a little serial number tag on it and we're, we are to check those keys throughout the day um all the machines whether they be the laptops probably your ipads um the scanners they all have serial numbers on them we're to match those up to make sure nothing's been moved there, there's tamper resistant um you know uh, labeling i mean there's there's a lot to make sure that the machines haven't been altered or touched at all so it's it's also it's the ballots but it's also the devices it's everything that goes at the polling place is, is checked and rechecked um yeah we don't want anything anything tampered with so is there anything that either of you would say would be the one major thing that you would like to see changed the way they're doing things now is do you see any glaring problems or do you overall think the way this system is is pretty secure overall my my biggest gripe was just a and it really wasn't so much to do with uh with um the voting process itself but my biggest gripe was that i don't think school should be open on any election day because strange people show up to the polls and and i know i know this sounds weird but i've i've had uh, one one year um so i was working in a northern virginia 
uh, precinct and, and a woman just walked in at 10 in the morning and said she was there to work. And we were like, well, we're not expecting any other officers to show up and, and you would have had to be here at 445 in the morning. And it turns out that, well, she was from D.C., so she wasn't a Virginia voter. She just wanted to, quote unquote, help people vote and help them through the process. Yeah, right. And the reason why she was in Virginia and not D.C. is because she liked our moxie. <laughs> and she's I'm not kidding. And she's and we said, well, you can stay outside, whatever is it, 40 feet or whatever from the yeah, door. Um, and you can sit with the people that are campaigning and we measure that all out, right? We put the tape down in the morning. So, and she's, she was out there all day and this is a school and she doesn't, you know what I mean? And I say that these are all friends and neighbors and I, and I say, we all know each other, but uh, weird people <laughs> do strange things. Right. I didn't know her. She wasn't from, she identified as not being from the area. And then they walk in and they say, oh, can I use the bathroom? Well, this is an elementary school and there's kids here. So they stopped school on any 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 uh, big election day in Virginia. Thank well, goodness, because it, yeah. it just wasn't safe. I, I mean, if if you assume all your polling places are schools, that makes sense. But for right. the when when the polling place isn't a school, do you stop school anyway? It, there's there's it's logistic. There are mixed here. Yeah, some are yeah, schools, some are not. Are schools. Your point is your oh, point yeah. is definitely taken that that you don't Weird. necessarily. I mean the. You want to let everybody vote, and that includes the weirdos, however you define the term. Uh, right, but keep away from but the kids. Do you want to be mixing them with your kids? <laughs> right. Right. The uh, The general election in Virginia is, uh, there's no school on that day ever. But it's the primaries where you could have school. And our the Virginia primary is in, uh, I think it's like the first Tuesday in June. Yeah, the and, state primary. Yeah, and they've yeah. typically, you know, school now goes beyond uh, memorial day so they're usually having well, school I, th this year school's gonna go past labor day yeah, <laughs> yeah. might start early well yeah well and, Who knows? Yeah. these machines that i guess that are counting the stuff how impervious are they to issues with uh, i mean you hear all this stuff about the you know the electromagnetic pulses stuff like that i mean if somebody really wanted to screw with an election how hard would that be to you know, I'm assuming there's things put in place. You still have the paper ballots, I suppose. So is the machine right. kind of irrelevant? We don't need electricity. Are, we don't. Are you so looking for pointers, Darren? Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> for pointers. I mean, I just want to know how this is all being done because this is a very important thing. And we're dudes named Ben and you're going, <laughs> where is the possible breakdown in the system? Well, we can see that where it would be doing digital voting. Uh, right. And we, I could definitely see if everybody goes to mail in the harvesting of ballots seems to be the biggest concern the fact that it's not illegal for others to go out and collect ballots for people that i would think should be a number one on the list of you can't just go collect I mean, somebody else's ballot because i mean we, i'm not i'm i'm not super concerned about harvesting of ballots which is as as dc girl pointed out totally illegal uh, i am concerned about what they do after they harvest the ballots because changing ballots that is a concern yes well that is the point if you're going to allow people to harvest it's like well how do you stop, especially in times now we're getting to, we may be going into a massive recession or depression because of this virus. So people really need cash. How much, you know, would people give up their ballots for just so you could vote and send them in? I mean, this is things that uh, this is on the list, at least for me, of a concern when you're allowing the system to 
com- go completely outside of the watchful eye of the people that work at a polling place. I mean, I'll, I'll let you fill out my absentee ballot for like 10 rolls of toilet paper right now. See, this, <laughs> it's a very, you know, you got Hillary become rolling in with that, some toy, that toilet is the paper. New cash. Yeah. It is. It, it's a toilet paste, toilet paper based economy, I guess. <laughs> I mean, people are people are in need now, you know. So the the how much will it cost for me to fill out your ballot is probably a little bit lower now than it has been, right? Donald Trump toilet paper be coming down a street near you anytime now. Well, I think My, I think I've been I've been pretty consistent over the course of Grumpy Old Ben's, where uh, I I generally trust the normal people, the community, the public, the people who have nothing to look out for but themselves. Uh, and and I, I've generally been distrustful of bureaucrats, and uh, so I am going to go ahead and actually apologize for impugning what you do uh, <laughs> on you. on a previous episode. Uh, when when I talk about not trusting uh, it, anybody who involved in this, it's usually if there is a bureaucrat who is incentivized for some political reason uh, to do wrong, or then. You know that even though most people are perfectly normal, when you give somebody an incentive to do something, a small fraction of them will go ahead and do that. And that always concerns me whenever you you decide to to take all of the ballots into a dark warehouse somewhere and and count them. And I'm not allowed to be standing there watching them count. Then then it's going to be a very small percentage. But I, I just the possibility exists and what uh, what you two have both described for me during this entire episode is uh, uh the polling style that i remember from my childhood before washington went full vote by mail uh where what you're describing is the community operating the polling places and the community uh generating the vote counts for each precinct and I still put a lot of faith in in community as long as as long as it's made up of normal people. And it sounds like you guys are really doing a, a great service for your community by doing this. Right. All for uh, the low bargain cost of you know, I got one hundred and seventy five dollars to work <laughs> from four forty five in the morning till whatever time at night and plus two hours of training. That's what I got. That's even right? better than jury duty money. Yeah, but there were yeah. free donuts, weren't there? I didn't know. I didn't get no, any no donuts. Damn. No, no. <laughs> My polling place is in a bougie apartment building, so I get free coffee. Nice. Ooh. The coffee. But, if if there's free coffee, then I, I can be there. <laughs> Not at four forty-five <laughs> in the morning. You can. <laughs> well, I can. I won't be awake. Right. <laughs> if I go. If I go to sleep the previous night. Maybe. Yeah. It, it, it's a. It's a rough. It's a rude awakening that morning. I can tell you. It's uh, yeah. it's, uh you, you, okay. Do you know what I was doing at at four forty five a.m. East Coast time last night? Still I was still awake, gaming? playing video okay, games yeah. with Bimlet. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> no wonder you oversleep. Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a lo- it's a busy day though, so it, it it does go by faster than than one would think, especially when it's busy. I mean, the first the first election I ever worked was the last presidential election, so it was like initiation by fire you know it was it, it was crazy it was very very busy people were very nervous i think well at least at I'm, least that one wasn't very contentious <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm nervous a little nervous about working the next one and they've been buttering us up and begging us hey don't forget about november like like anybody could forget 
And I think uh, people people were already, uh, you know, getting a little nervous about um, just uh, there were rumblings about violence at, you know, polling places in the 2016 general. I, I don't remember if any of that happened. None of it happened where we were, um, you know, so I, I think people are very nervous about the next one, but we won't be in person probably. So. Yeah. And I, um, you know, back to the, um, the, you know, both parties being represented at the polling place, you know, really it's, there's a job to do that day and people know that there's both parties represented, you know, in the workers at the, at the polling place and we just have a job to do and they don't let it get in the way. Which is the only way you can get through it. And it it doesn't go uh, completely downhill now for every polling location like the two of you work where people are honest there are places i'm sure in chicago and other places like that where i really wouldn't trust the the results but you know i guess that's the question is what kind of outside oh we have observers i mean right you can go watch all day (laughs) and so the observers are usually from my experience these are people that represent the party and they want to um they watch who's coming and checking in and then they're really more interested in getting out the vote where they'll go and they'll right. if if they think that the the turnout's low they'll go and start employing their um uh, calling machines to start calling people in that precinct to get, to get out the vote but during the presidential elections they will send lawyers and the lawyers will sit like with the chiefs and they want to oh, know everything that's going on. If, if there's everything. a broken machine, they want to see you at it. least. Can you, if the lawyers are just sitting there staring at you, can you at least fire rubber bands at them or something? <laughs> I don't think we're given rubber bands. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a gun free zone. If it's a school, so I can't even shoot a rubber band at you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. If you, oh. make the, if you even make the symbol of the uh, handgun, you'll, you know, just your hand going yeah, bang yeah. bang. Zero zero tolerance and all that. Yes. Right. So yeah. you mentioned a term uh, a little while ago and it, it intrigued me and it stuck in my head and I cannot I, I I need to understand the logistics of what this means because my imagination is going wild. Sip and puff. Oh, oh, okay. This this is a um an ADA um accessible device. Um Usually you have your own attachment that goes in your mouth and you stick it onto a machine. If you don't have arms or whatnot, it's below. Yeah, so you blow air. It's it's sip and puff is on a lot of computing devices and you you, you blow or 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 sip. They don't call it a suck and blow, they call it a sip and puff. Um, and that's how you actually operate the machine. I mean, look, we like we have voter assistance forms. But people don't, some people want to do things on their own. We never assume we need to help somebody. People want to, even very elderly people will walk in. I mean, they can barely walk. They want to vote and they want to do it themselves. So the sip and puff is, is uh, an assistive technology. And, and there are ADA advocacy groups that will come and make sure that we have these devices up and available on on election day i can't even right, imagine a device like that working in the coronavirus world well that's an excellent point <laughs> oh, they bring their going. own it plugs well, attachment 
Yeah, they have an attachment, yeah. but still, wouldn't the machine potentially get? I don't know. It's yeah, right. Possibly and, 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 everything. And so if what, they have no hands, how do they attach it? Will you bring help? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. You know, I've never, like I said, I've only seen a blind voter use one of those ballot marking assistive machines. I've never seen anybody use the sip and puff. Have you, Bill? I don't, I don't. And I haven't seen it, but I know it does work. And and it's like it's a it's like a plug. So the the sip and puff is already like on their chair, and this is a plug that plugs into the. Okay, like like USB or something. It's not something. So like you're not that, actually yeah. exchanging air with the inside of the machine because that seems right, like yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the actual sipping and puffing is done on their like wheelchair. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And I I just I I I've been I've had that term bouncing around in my head. My imagination <laughs> has been going wild with what the hell it could be. This is the first context I've ever encountered um, it in. I mean, I, I know I'm familiar with like screen readers and JAWS and that kind of assistive technology, but yeah, this this was new to me. Definitely new to you me. You think that some somebody who has you know a normal human ability to move air in and out of their lungs, but can't manipulate things with hands? Um, we we have in our society a very effective method of that person uh, getting what interacting with devices which is that they say what they want to another person who then manipulates a machine oh so you want like an device. alexa to take the votes yeah as i say you could talk to the machine or oh you know that's machine. coming <laughs> maybe no. at least you could have a voice okay, print Google, that, vote for trump yes you had a voice print <laughs> and that there's absolutely nothing that can go wrong with that i mean i think we will get to an electronic way of voting maybe not even while we're alive which of course might be very short now that uh you have this pandemic going around but here's my question then let's just say jennifer lawrence gets her way and all of a sudden everybody in the united states every state somehow rushes together and gets a vote from home system for this election as people that know this voting system inside and out what is the biggest concern with that i think that they're going to start to see ballots get rejected along either party lines, race lines, or age brackets. And then whoever loses the election is going to start talking about all of these issues after the fact. And very it's good. very disingenuous to me because we already know these, some of these issues are happening. Sour grapes has been Bill, part of politics yeah. for as long as I've been alive, but it does seem to be that it it's the main line of rhetoric anymore. Well, and they say that a lot of these absentee ballots that are by mail are thrown out because they don't follow the instructions. And I mean, they are pretty complicated right. instructions. Um, yeah, it's either they're late, they're not witnessed, they're not signed, they're not marked properly. Your, your I mean, chads are well hung. Right, right. And, and there's, um, so there's a, an education issue. I think that's the biggest hurdle, like right now. I, and that, like we said, Florida did this thing where they allowed rejected absentee ballot voters to correct their mistakes, and then they had even more ballots rejected that year than the, the previous uh, presidential. So they made they made it worse. So I, that's the outcome that I'm concerned about. Well, because the 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 more you try to make it easy, the more you probably make it able to be corrupted right like removing the witnesses or removing oh well, first we're starting to talk about removing in-person voting and then then removing witnesses and um not that the witness thing from home is necessarily going to stop a lot of fraud but 
Yeah, I, I, I don't have any good solutions, <laughs> but I do have a lot of concerns. Yeah, I'm, and I, and I don't know. Concerned. Nobody wants to. Yeah, nobody wants to delay. Nobody's talking about delaying. Well, maybe not. Nobody yet is talking about delaying the presidential well, election. The, the primaries can be moved, but I, I don't. Right. January fifth or January twentieth or whatever the date is, is 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 kind of set by the Constitution. So, uh, yeah. the voting is anything else, right? And uh, then and, and voting could be moved up or back uh, a week or two, maybe. But you have to have a president by January, right? Well, and you know that's already what we've been hearing long before the pandemic. Well, even if Trump doesn't uh, get the votes, he's going to stay. Like, yeah, because that's, yeah, that's a reasonable said, thing. They said that about Obama. They they said that about Bush. They said that I I I, I think that uh, Jimmy Carter was the last president of my life where everybody's like, yeah, he's actually going to leave if he gets voted out. <laughs> they this too. Because he was like, I don't want to deal with Iran. Come on, Reagan, get in there quick, quick. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a nightmare. I'm just old enough to remember that one, and uh, yeah, that was a a very weird time in our history as well but so you know the democrats have already been afraid that they can't push this election back because they think trump's going to try to become a emperor or you know dictator whatever you want to call him and so it, the republicans certainly can't call for it the democrats certainly won't so it's going to come down to whatever system you can have in place and i think at this point it's impossible to pivot to a new system so it's right. going to be in-person voting, even if there's a pandemic running rampant. Uh, you have to attempt I mean, that. I, I could see every I, state going to no excuse absentee uh, and severely limiting polling places. But then you have issues like people showing up to the wrong place and that like the disasters that happened in those March 17th um, primaries where places were closed or opened late. Um, yeah. Which is amazing because we're never in our polling place where it's busy, it seems. But we have run into times where people that were trying to check in, they're like, well, no, you're at the wrong polling place. So that I can understand would be right. a nightmare. Oh, that's that's yeah, that already happens a lot. And uh, if you consolidate the polling places at the last minute, it, it could be very confusing. And people could also call uh, suppression, you know. Right. There's so, so DC Grove, I was just thinking about maybe a hybrid solution. Mm -hmm. where you know i think the the pandemic part of it is handling of the pins you know that kind of thing how about you send everybody a ballot but that they have to fill that out at home and then bring it to the polling place and are they going to scan it yeah and then you scan it and then that way you don't have mistakes or if you have a mistake they can correct it it gets rejected right so they'll know if their ballot gets rejected from the scanner immediately and, and it also means that your union rep can help fully help you that's exactly out. right right yeah. <laughs> we have to get the, the, the one prediction in. the one prediction i can make about this year's elections with certainty is that it's going to be a shit show and oh, yeah. as long as you remain with the no agenda mindset uh it will be entertaining yeah that's for sure yeah i, I think i think it's going to be rushed and i think it's it's gonna be unfortunate and i and i the the jennifer lawrence thing i I didn't actually hear her say that but with with some of this the data out there that that shows where or whose whose votes get rejected more often uh voters of color and and younger voters um 
you know, which also skew Democrat or more liberal. It's it's odd for me to see Democrats in, in such a high stakes election pushing for something that might suppress and affect their voting, their voters more, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, I want everybody's vote to count and I want elections that are fair and that have, you know, high integrity. Uh, so I'm not trying to look at this through a partisan lens, but it's it's odd that the Democrats are pushing this when it, it might hurt them. Well, they're they're better at corruption, so maybe they think they can uh, they maybe can, they can make up that percentage. But I guess there's there any kind of data out there as far as cause the one thing we hear every election is voter turnout percentage, and it's usually really yeah. really low. Is there I, any I uh, comparison between places that do? the mail-in voting like washington as opposed to places where you have to show up do people getting the ballot in the mail cause for a higher return i posted one study um in that uh, google drive folder that we can share with people but um it only has the abstract but it, it looked at one county and they tried to see what specifically was increasing voter turnout when they went to mail-in and i believe it only went up like four percent something like that it was not a very high percentage i think it's number file number 14 i numbered them for you now, does um, that mean that there's a lot of people just get, four, like, getting yeah. the ballots who never just send them in they might not send them in they might just want to they might not want to vote by mail they might just prefer to vote in person but oh so there's no way like, to kind of know um yeah i mean this study said that they felt that the, the, the all mail-in elections in Washington state increased participation two to four percentage points. Yeah, um, yeah that's a lot lower than I would have guessed. Yeah, that's right. Well, me, well. Me, me too. And, and this is only one study, but yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing that increased the voter participation rates is, is the get out the vote for the homeless people campaigns. So do they... I might be kidding. Do, oh, I was going to say, do they... Uh, try to get homeless people to vote there uh, there there are a lot of advocates for homeless people voting and there was uh, a big push actually in the 2018 election there was a huge push near locally um to remove the requirement that you have an address from the uh, voter registration form because it was disenfranchising people who don't have an address right a no fixed address right but then are you really um, a resident if you don't have a fixed address? You could go vote in every it's, state. It's on the so left some, coast. Does does being a resident, is that important? No, I guess. But I'm just saying, if you don't have an address anywhere, can't I show up in all 50 states and just say, I, I'm, I've been here? Listen, so you're trying to apply logic to this situation. <laughs> Sorry. I, I believe that, uh, Bill, this, this, is, this, this one always throws me, but when somebody moves, they have a certain amount of time in which they can still vote in their old precinct so if you moved be meaning became homeless and now have no fixed address you might be able to vote in your old precinct for a certain amount of time so you could vote and not have an address well, it probably but, comes down to where you sure. were when you registered right right yeah, and you have this whole flow chart about yeah your previous address and whether it's in the precinct or in the county and um there, there there's actually an interesting thing about addresses so at least here, if you are a judge, it's often if you are a judge or a law enforcement officer, um, you can vote with a P.O. box because of the requirement to say your address out loud. 
often judges and law enforcement officers don't feel safe saying their home addresses out loud. So Wait, are, of, are, are those the only professions uh, that deserve Bill, that kind you, of protection? Bill, what do you think? I think, I, it's just I, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's judges, yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, and, and well, and the other thing is the the voter registration rules are fairly public, right? Oh, that too, right? So if you're a judge I, and you I, you know put some people away, maybe you don't want everybody to know your address, right? Makes sense. I, I, I want that kind of protection. Uh, <laughs> you know, they uh, there. I mean, there's an argument to be made for extending that to anybody who who might annoy somebody and end up getting sure. swatted as a result. Uh, journalists, you. podcasters, <laughs> right? I, yes. I, and and given that uh as as i've mentioned before it is pretty much inevitable that anytime that you take a database and you put it up somewhere online then it will th there's a non-zero probability that that database is going to be breached and made public um right. i'd like to protect my own personal or ho home address from that sort of mm. thing right it would be nice well, you <laughs> see the the elected officials are the ones that make the election rules and they and they want to make sure that that's um, not a conflict people people vote where they're where they live they don't want the possibility of someone being able to vote for them or against them and not live in their precinct so uh, aren't, right. aren't these the same people who place. gerrymander districts so that they have a, a greater yes, they, perimeter than area right they want to make sure that they're that you're in their gerrymandered area. <laughs> yeah, just checking. Yeah. Yeah, which has nothing. Well, it has a lot to do with the results of voting in elections. But yeah, that is another thing that I don't think a lot of people realize that these districts are constantly being redrawn, and not in like just normal. You wouldn't think everything would just kind of be square and they would all fit in. No, there's some very especially out here in uh, Crook County, some very weird borders where things go up, down, left, right. And it's like a jigsaw puzzle. I think, yeah, the, the Chicago and, uh, and Maryland are the two places that I've seen held up as the worst gerrymandered districts out there. We're good at it. I mean, if you got it, if, you, if you're good at something, you have to kind of go with it. But yeah, that's a, a whole nother issue with the voting. It's going to be very interesting to see where we go in the next few weeks up to november because everything you hear i mean even if you're given the almost all i don't think you're ever going to be given the all clear even and even if you are i think a lot of people are still going to be afraid to go out to places where they have uh, i mean again our polling place has never been crowded because we're in a you know a smaller area a little less populated for people that go to these polling places that people have to wait to get in and every stall and there's you know 20 30 stalls that are filled i could see where people might be a little afraid to take part in that so i do believe it's important that there's a way for them to be able to vote but i think as we've talked about the the ways that you're that are being suggested are adding maybe way more problems than they're solving or am i just missing something there? right yeah i mean a lot of you know curbside voting already exists and and curbside pickup is now the new normal <laughs> as far as leaving your house um but not everybody has a car I, I couldn't imagine every voter in a precinct lining up in a car you know to curbside vote um well you you, you don't have enough pavement for that 
Right. It would, it would, that would be, that would be difficult. Uh, but, you know, again, I don't want, I don't want people to go out and get sick. <laughs> I also want to make that clear, right? I, I don't want people to be forced to, to get, or to put their lives at risk or risk getting sick to go out and vote either. But I do want their votes to be counted. <laughs> Yes. Correctly. In the troll room, cold asses says, I shouldn't be afraid of how good, uh, I shouldn't be proud of how good Chicago is at uh, gerrymandering votes. And Fletcher said, Every, the voting can go like Hungary and just be suspended. I don't believe they can pull that off here. I don't believe. Uh, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the list and primaries go until June 23rd, right? But. I mean, what when are we supposed to be in our houses until the end of June? So I can't imagine all the primaries being held in July or August either. But do the primaries really matter with this election any longer? Mm, yeah. Well, have they ever? Question. <laughs> well, have they ever? Probably not. Um, the Republicans obviously not have a I mean, primary. They've got I mean, their candidate. The, the Democrats. The, 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 the state of Washington a ran a primary for the Republicans. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a South Carolina Republican state convention uh, in May, Arizona, Virginia, Wyoming. They're having state conventions or caucuses, like D.C.'s having a Republican caucus, Virgin Islands. Just a couple. I was surprised to see them on the list. Yeah, well, I think they're just going to rubber stamp Trump. It's They have yeah. other races yeah. they need to decide. True. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And right. the Actually, DNC already established in 2016 that they are not going to really care what the people want anyway they're just going to institute their own candidate right and i put um i put a document up there that's the single zero upcoming elections calendar so there's a lot of other elections and contests going on between now and, and november you know it's a special election in the state whatever right so there's a lot just beyond just the the uh, primaries there's a lot a lot more happening yeah. so and, and the yeah. down ballot elections are actually uh by far the most important ones the the presidential election tends to just be a dog and pony show anymore but if you are going to the, your polling place there's going to be you know it, uh, assuming it's not only one question uh there's going to be a number of other things on there that are actual important uh decisions to be made uh for for your local representatives for your local city i mean places where your vote can have a real impact uh i i do encourage people even if if you don't care one way or the other who ends up being president not that it, it's hard to believe there anyone in in this country right now who doesn't but um still you are encouraged to go vote because all of the down ballot stuff all of your local your city your county your your statewide things where your vote actually can count and can matter and you can have a real difference uh those are the ones that it's important to vote in right and this fall it's every House of Representatives seat is up for re-election. Oh, let's get AOC re-elected. Come on. <laughs> the, well, we can postpone all those. <laughs> right. Well, the, well, this I, is, I'm not planning on voting for her. This is the, uh, you know, the weird thing with the ballots is that there's always things beyond just the local city stuff. The judges is the thing that always kind of amuses me the most because does anybody walking into those voting booths except the judges' families know who the hell the judges are right or like clerk of court or yeah, right because we have like only our the people who've been yeah. convicted right <laughs> if been convicted right. you might know them were they fair were they not there are some things on the ballot that just kind of blow my mind because you know people have no idea who they are 
but these are really making decisions for your you know municipalities you mm-hmm. are have people that are taking these jobs seriously and you know people are going in going i mean my dad i remember years ago like why well, you know with the judges i just, if they sounded irish i voted for him if they didn't i voted no so <laughs> oh my know, god welcome to yeah. voting 101 this is how it happens if you don't know you know that some of the stuff on the ballot is is questionable which is why i think there could be a debate on whether it's good or bad to have the party affiliation because at least then you go okay well i know if it's whatever smaller office it is well i want to vote the straight republican or i want to vote the straight democratic or if there's anybody running from a third party i can understand that could be slightly helpful because at least you go well, okay he's on our team whatever that may be well, once they start taking all of that stuff off i understand why they did because they expect the voters well let's just understand they did it because they expect the voters to be informed but everybody listening to this podcast i believe knows most voters are not informed so there's that right and dc girl was talking earlier about not putting the those local races that they don't put the parties on and those are usually like school board um you know county Our city board, councils like the yeah. city council um my favorite one is the soil and water conservation district <laughs> and they'll put they'll put seven names on vote for no more than three (laughs) and no one knows who any of these people are right the ultimate random choice you you know that sounds complicated but that actually would result in a a better election outcome than a first past the post system yeah well imagine uh, uh, yeah imagine Mm -hmm. if if in the the democratic primary for example it said could you know please vote for no more than three then you could vote for the one you actually want and then the one that you think is is you know going to be the anti-spoiler and then right. you know the the one that you can then you could vote for santa claus as a joke for your third vote or something i don't know well and if you well, especially you know, if you can put how you know this is my first choice this is my second choice yeah, this is my third. choice that yeah. way you can figure out because i i don't believe that barack obama would have beaten hillary however many years ago that was if it wasn't for the other guy the spoiler uh uh, yeah, so rank, ranked yeah, order rank voting yes. is is I mean, the they say that that's the only way we're going to get past the two party system. Uh, yeah, yeah, the plurality system encourages and incentivizes two parties, and and that's working out so well for us right now. I don't know if only we had to. Hey, I still <laughs> wish they'd go back to the won. to the system where the person that got the second most votes for president became the vice president that i right. thought was a better idea yeah that's how they do our vice mayor here and it, it really it's like runner up it it's, it just sounds kind of insulting i had one more question um at the polling place uh it, i mean it, how do you guys handle uh write-ins we don't have write-ins in our primary uh, but oh, when we do have a write-in that image is on the tapes so when you print out this long, the long tape, it'll actually have a snapshot of everybody's write-in. Now, how are those counted, Bill? Manually? Yeah, they're we counted a lot manually. for mayor, like a lot. Yeah. And only the real people are quote unquote real people are documented because there's a lot of people that put Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, yeah, and, and, and those there's are just, somebody those out are put there into like miscellaneous. Yeah. There's somebody out there whose name is is actually Donald Duck, who is getting a lot Very of votes angry. and could be a viable candidate if you weren't throwing out all his votes. 
That's yeah. true. What happens yeah. if the grumpy old Ben's audience votes by en masse to write in Ryan Bemrose for president? Does he have to take that job? Uh, <laughs> I don't think you want that job, do you? First of all, and I don't. Yeah, it first of all, awful. I don't want that job. And second, you all know better than to do something <laughs> stupid like that. That would be <laughs> that would be the end yeah. of democracy. You wake up yeah. just hungover the day after the election, after playing video games late into the night with Bemlet, and you just get a knock on the door. Yeah, um, you've been elected president. <laughs> Come with us, sir. Actually, the, yes. I, I, I am concerned the the real, you know, the, the you, you hear in the mainstream news about, oh, this is threatening democracy. You know, Trump, uh, you know, sneezed into a handkerchief and that's a threatened democracy. The thing that really does threaten democracy is if we let things like this pandemic cause us to lose our right to choose the leaders of our country and the leaders of our, our local areas. Uh, that actually is uh, li literally, you know, the, a threat to democracy. And I am worried about, you know, how far is this scare going to go and, and how many more rights are we going to lose? And, and do we lose the right to poll because people are too afraid to go to a polling place? And well, the, I guess my question for, uh, for Bill and DC girl is if this is still a thing and we're still in a social distancing mindset, is there an ability, is there anything written in where the voting time could be extended past one day and be like, well, certain people have to vote on mm -hmm. day one and. I mean, some places have already extended mail-in voting, um, like, time periods. So, uh, I believe, you know, like, a, a week past the, the original deadline. So, I think it can happen. What do you think, Bill? Right, but those are state uh, primaries. Right, right. So, those are, there's a lot more latitude because just like we talked about, you know, um, uh, Inauguration Day is a set date. I think that you know that uh, tuesday in november is also a set date right and if you can't process everybody through i mean we hear this already i don't know how legitimate it is with some elections we've heard people waiting hours they can't get into the polling place it's so jam-packed if that happens then what that's a good if you, question if you're in line i mean if you're in line <laughs> before the close of polls you can vote and you know uh even in the last presidential, I don't think the line where I worked got longer than 20 minutes. But as long as you're there standing in line and we'll have a line and, and we properly will have somebody, social distancing, right? Right. And we will say, like, you're the last person in the line and we'll remember who that is. Nobody else is allowed to get in line because um, we actually have to go outside when the polls close and we have to yell that the polls are closed out into the air. So you're like a town crier. Yeah. It's I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It's yeah. it's probably one of those older rules that hasn't yeah. changed. Colonial. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, it, it, somebody needs to video this. <laughs> yes. I want to see it posted on No Agenda Social. All right. I'm I don't know if I videoed it last year. Okay, but we, I will try to remember to do it next time. It's pretty funny. <laughs> is, there, is there a it's script? Really Sounds awesome. Is it, you have to read yeah. or just the polls are closed you, or you have to say the polls are closed twice. Very loud, right? Yeah. I think that's I it. always give, I always give a five minute warning too, but that's not codified. Oh. Okay. I think nice. I think spreading out spreading out the voting day longer than one day. I don't think that uh, the the media would ever allow that because they are they require their instant gratification and their ability to have at you know eight oh five p.m. the oh, results. Yeah. 
Well, see, they always used to use the, not the actual results. They would just take their own polling of people leaving. And that, that is what they based it on. And then it was like, oh, wait, people could lie to the media. Whoa, that's a surprise. They, they figured that out, but I I don't know what the, what the system they're using now. Our exit polling indicates that Donald Duck is currently has 37% of the vote. Yes. And, uh, and it turns out he didn't win. I mean, we, the multiple presidential elections in my lifetime, including the most recent one, if you were to believe the polling, Donald Trump didn't have a chance the day before the election. Donald Trump didn't have a chance most of the day of the election. And then right. everybody woke up the next morning going, what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why, I mean, I can see why people would maybe think, well, there's the voting is rigged, but no, just the media is rigged. Right. And now we, we call in numbers four times a day, yeah. but I don't think we, is it results or just number of voters? Yeah, that's just number that's on the no. ballot box. And, okay. and we record ours hourly. Okay. But then at the end of the day, we call in our results and then I show our up preliminary with, the real, results, yeah. with the real yeah. paperwork, um, you know, like half an hour, an hour later. So but that call in results are fast, the ones yeah. that they're given to the media immediately yeah so they do have some i mean i I, they they do have some some good information that some decent information they're working off of but i know that in this last election we were still we we hadn't we hadn't closed our polling place it was like 6 50 and we were closing at 7 and the washington post was reporting the results for virginia already and we hadn't even finished the day so, yeah, I think that's, that's exit polling. Yeah. Well, that is yeah, another, so that's got to be exit polling. Yeah, well, that's another issue, too, with one, you you know, they try to keep these results because you don't want to influence, you know, to a lesser extent voting in other states. But for states that have multiple time zones, this gets really tricky, too, because you don't want right. to see, oh, well, there's no way my candidate's going to win, so I don't have to rush to the polls right before they close and the, all these things have a massive effect, which I guess you don't well, get I, in a mail-in vote. Exit polls already do that. Yeah, if you believe them. Yeah, it is. It is actually fascinating to see the the election results and how the news media has to try to spin it based on early returns. And you know, they, they, they. Oh, I'm sure if they were allowed, they would probably try to start reporting the results from the absentee ballots that came in before election day. But I don't think they're allowed to do that. But. Uh, it's it's interesting how much less relevant it is watching the news countdown as precincts report in when the the precincts reporting are are counting mailed in ballots it does take a little bit of the fun media quite a bit yeah well it's less a sporting event at that point i only have I, 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 do you have anything else, Darren? I only have one more question. No, I think I've uh, gotten a lot of information, which is really surprising for grumpy old Ben's. I guess <laughs> having guests on is a yeah, good that, idea because then I get good information. Hey, I bring information. Yeah, I, There's I said no good. guarantee that it's correct, accurate, or, or useful, but I right. bring it. Right. But what's your final question? My final question is, uh, DC girl, would you like to respond to the rumor that I keep uh-huh. hearing that you are, in fact, a spook? <laughs> Uh, not a spook sorry um no i'm not a spook uh sir william hit me in the mouth about let's see i don't know how many years ago that was like 20 oh god 13 14 yeah something like that yeah when we were working together at a government facility 
not spooks, a government but. facility, right? right. An unnamed <laughs> and unmarked government facility that you, does not show up on any map, but definitely <laughs> not a spook. Right. So um, and and but uh, hard place to talk about no agenda for sure. But, you know, we, we were I don't know, maybe they, we, we were able to see. So he was able to see something in me that I was uh, sane and, and, and reasonable. And, and so. then he said something. <laughs> yes. And, and, he, he said he said um, I remember what he said. He said something like. Don't you know that old tech guy, John C. Dvorak, and Adam, you know, he was on MTV. <laughs> the tall <laughs> right? guy with all like the hair. That. Yeah, remember Adam from MTV? You must have watched him. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that was it. I was, uh, I was hooked. And for those who aren't No Agenda listeners, if there are any, the concept of being hit in the mouth is being... <laughs> It's an it's right. just another way of saying I was turned on to the No Agenda podcast, the best podcast in the universe. We not do, actually hit in the mouth <laughs> right there is no actual physical violence and we do our well, shows it, it, i mean i i'm not going to preclude that it, it could happen if you guys you communicate how you need to communicate i'm not right. going <laughs> to enforce and we do our shows live when it's the no agenda stream so there's a lot of people that listen to grumpy old bens that are no agenda fans but for those who maybe aren't the most interesting thing to me is no agenda for a long time i kind of looked at them as the more of the fringe you know more looking at the conspiracy theories more looking at the you know the wacko side of the news which no agenda has really turned a corner into being some of the only people that are going and taking what the media is saying and looking for how they're lying and there are so few sources out there that are doing that but one which is i i don't know how and i'll ask you guys the only other source that I'm finding that is saying pretty much the same things that No Agenda is, is Bill O'Reilly's podcast, which he does four days a week. My parents love Bill O'Reilly, so we hooked them up with the O'Reilly package. He does a video like 30, 40 minutes, four days a week. And because of the this whole pandemic, the last couple of weeks, I've been watching Bill O'Reilly, and he and Adam are pretty much of one mind, which I would have never guessed before, but it's really an interesting thing the same sort of thing saying you know hey i'm not apologizing for trump but i can tell you where they're lying about him he'll go off on the fact that how the media now is nothing but bias how they're totally incompetent of doing their jobs and it's interesting to me because you know you look at adam and you go okay crazy mtv guy dvorak okay he's from tech bill o'reilly worked in the mainstream media and made millions of dollars with the mainstream media so when both of these guys are agreeing i think i get a little scared i guess yeah, I haven't seen his uh, his new thing, but I'll, I'll have to check it out. It's uh, well, it's only a pay thing, which I find right, interesting. Right. He's well, membership. Yes, right? it's, it's a fifty dollar a year membership, and he's claiming over two hundred thousand subscribers. So it's like he's wow. he's doing okay. Mm, sounds like it. Yeah, well, yeah. That's what grumpy old Ben's needs. But hey, we just work on the value for value model that we learned over at No Agenda. And we appreciate everybody that has been supporting the show over the last 56 episodes. And today, we just have a multitude. The, the lines are getting longer, which unlike the waiting for groceries, this is a good thing. And we want to thank Harry Hamster, J. Noah Davis, Mark R., who sent in a check. I said, I haven't gotten to the post office yet, but thanks to that magical thing where we get a picture of the outside. And he sent me an email. And I believe Bernhardt. 
Engelskircher, which I know I just screwed that name up. I don't know if that's for Grumpy Old Ben's or for Random Thoughts. So either way, I'll give him a thanks on both of the podcasts. We thank everybody for listening and for contributing to the show. And if you want to do so, you can go to GrumpyOldBen's.com where you can use PayPal. You can use Patreon. You can send us a old fashioned check and you can even send us some Bitcoin, which it's been going up and going down. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing to watch the Bitcoin along with the gold and silver and the dollar through this whole thing. Watch the stock market and all that. Uh, I mean, either we're all going to be rich at some point or we're going to be penniless. That's, I think those are the only two choices. But we thank everybody uh, for listening. Can we, be, can we have both? <laughs> well, we're all toilet. We're all toilet paperless, though. Well, well, yes. Toilet paper can be the new gold. When you can have somebody come in and be like, "I've announced a gold," you'd be like, "I got two rolls." Yeah. Two rolls for you. Yeah. It's it's just like gold or Bitcoin, but you can also wipe your butt with it. Well, that makes it even more useful, I guess. I mean, we just saw the Seinfeld the other day with the "Can you spare a square?" and I'm like, so so very viable right now does this make does this make toilet paper like uh like the cigarettes in prison where they're currency but you can also smoke them probably i mean what you want to do on your own spare time i'm not going I mean, to judge i mean we've all already kind of been in prison for the last two months well just it is yeah, it it's not feels here. that way it, it feels like mentioned of yeah. Fletcher of the hug story podcast mentioned in the troll room a few minutes ago it is weird nobody thought two months ago that the states could force people to stay home so what's going to happen uh, with the elections I, I think i was complaining about exactly that two months ago it is yeah you were you complain about a lot though so it gets really hard to compartmentalize those just I, remember all of it it'll all come to pass at some point it will all come to pass we will have a vote come november i don't know who the democratic nominee is going to be do you dc girls bill you have any clue on uh, any guess on who's going to be the uh, democratic nominee uh, i don't know is there going to be a swoop i think there uh, is I, uh, I, here's what i see happening i, I don't know uh, biden is going to win the dnc nomination uh he is the perfect candidate because he is adult he says exactly what people want to hear regardless of whether or not it makes any sense uh, he's totally going to get the nomination. And then the the DNC, they kind of learned their lesson. They're not going to go in behind the voters' backs and choose someone else. But what they are going to do is Biden is going to choose the person the DNC really wants, which might be Hillary, as his running mate. He's, saying the, mayor, he's that, saying the governor of Michigan is going to be the running mate. Well, whoever mm. it is, uh, yeah, Biden is a vehicle. Yeah, that was my response to DC girl, like, ugh. That's that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Biden is just okay. a vehicle who is going, you know, right. the dude is falling apart. Biden is a vehicle to try to get in and then immediately die in office because he he doesn't have much time left in him. And especially if someone like Hillary's his running mate, then I mean he's gonna he's gonna somehow drown in a hot tub in a small plane at thirty thousand feet. We're not sure. <laughs> but his his vice president will finish out his term. That's that's what I see happening. That's what I predict. Well, you're assuming they would win. Yeah, well, no, say, he it, doesn't it, have a it, chance it, against it, Trump. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right? Yeah. So this is all just kind of uh, hand washing, and I, I do agree. O'Reilly said, "If this if this virus is gone by the end of summer, nobody's going to beat Trump. If it's not, it's anybody's ball game." So it'll be interesting to see come November. They'd, but, they'd better keep it in the media then. Yeah. Well, they will, whether it's real or not. 
they will keep it in the media, which is why we listen to people like Bill O'Reilly, why we listen to No Agenda, why you have to look for different news sources and realize that the news media of our parents, which were guys, even though they had bias, actually believed in telling the story the way it happened. And now the media is filled with nothing but people that want to give opinions. And every story has an opinion in it. Every story has a bias in it, which is it makes it really hard in this age of great technology where we could be talking to you from all around the United States. We're going from D.C. to Chicago to Seattle and uh, and Bill, you're in where, Virginia or yeah, Virginia. So we've got we got a lot of the nation covered talking live throughout the world, even CSB listening overseas and, and Estonia. Yeah, maybe he's in Estonia doing the voting, but we have the ability to do this. But it, with the technology is the, the news can travel immediately throughout the world, but nobody knows if anything's true. So 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 don't go to the mainstream media for their journalism because it's there's no journalism. There's no facts left. It's all opinion. So instead, ignore them. Come to grumpy old Ben's for nothing but opinion. Right. Listen to our opinions. That's the way it is. But thank you, DC Girl. Thank you, Bill, for joining thank us. Thank you. Sure. Glad to be this here. Was yes, very thank fun. You. We, we actually this, learned I, something. I, I learned. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it was helpful. It's, um, it's weird to hear the information flowing the other direction. Thank you. For that. <laughs> well, it's less hey, work I, for you because you were up late last night, probably yes. drinking, playing video games. Right. Yeah. I, I literally rolled out of bed and put my headphones on. Nice. <laughs> well, thanks. Hey, again. I, just, I just want to throw one more thing on the stream. Sure. F Leo. <laughs> Leo reports. Uh, yeah, um, nice. Yeah, Leo's got all of his own problems, and um, yeah, <laughs> he may not be around for long now that the advertising model is failing him. Yeah, through this year, but then next year, it sounds like all of his advertisers are gone, which is going to mean mean Leo's going to have to go a different way, and I don't think that's going to that's not going to work. See, out. This this is yeah. another example of what we were just talking about, where I made. I made a prediction in 1997 that the internet advertising model could not last. And I'm just saying that if, if people had written that down at the time, then they would realize that within the next 10 or 20 years that I will have proved to be right. Sure. But until <laughs> next a, time, you need a red book, <laughs> a big, big, big red book. Somebody keep notes. Yes. And uh, I, I thought that's what uh, Tony Bemrose was for to check everything you say, Ryan and, and tell us whether it was right. He, he does along. seem to be doing the job, whether or not he's been offered it. Yeah, well, we offered it to him, but we're just not paying him. But until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America where we don't have any food, but we still have guns and ammo. So it'll work itself out. And from America's left coast, where you have the right and civic responsibility to vote for whomever we tell you to. I'm Ryan Bemrose. <laughs>